So how's everybody doing? Doing all right. Are we starting now? Uh, we started recording. You don't necessarily have to start. Start. Oh, you okay. can do it. You can start if you like. If you don't, if you don't want to know how everybody's doing. Well, I was wondering. I didn't want to cut it off. Like I don't want to hear what anyone's doing. Yeah. I just didn't want it to be like, are we in the show? Are we doing like show talk? You know. Oh, I or see. are we doing like before show talk? I was just gonna ask how everybody was doing. <laughs> um you, you can go ahead and start I'll, I'll go first i had a nice day i um we put up the christmas tree put the lights on watched a lot of football um and i don't th- i think that's all that happened we went to the grocery store congrats on that colts w yeah it was a good game that was a good win that's the kind of uh, win that the Colts don't usually win. They're like, oh, they went to overtime and then they lost it. And they like actually mm. won. That was really exciting. So, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that was exciting. It's a good day of football overall. The 49ers uh, just got finished beating the crap out of the Eagles. Um, and a bunch of other stuff happened. I don't a bunch of any- other stuff? Well, no, it was a pretty crappy day of football. So the team won six to zero. That's interesting. I Did don't you know say A team? A team, the Chargers. The Chargers oh. beat the New England Patriots six six points to zero points. That's absurd. They keep the the New England Patriots keep finding ways to win or lose games, you know, that they only give up ten points in. Yeah, they really should find a way to sta- staple a flag to uh, the Patriots' butts and send them to Iran, uh, is, to quote an old Simpsons bit. That is an, an embarrassing way to approach a season of football. Like, that's just absurd how bad they are. I yes. don't know. I know, it's crazy. Uh, you know, th- their quarterback is Mac Jones, and uh, I am a lifelong 49ers fan, and there was so much... Uh, stuff leading up to that draft that, that the Niners were going to take Mac Jones. Uh, and they had traded three first round picks to get further up in the draft. And I swear to God, if they had used that pick and all that leverage to get Mac effing Jones, uh, I wouldn't be here right now, guys. I wouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs> I would it. be dead. <laughs> it wouldn't just be my heart that exploded. It would have been like at least eight or nine vital organs would have exploded. Um, very clearly was not very good uh, coming out of college. They drafted him anyway. A bunch of people were mad that the 49ers didn't get him, and I thought they were crazy, and it turns out I am right. So it is a good day, Kelly. It's been a very good day. That's great, guys. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I also put up Christmas direction uh, decorations, so nice. I did part. I did part of what you did. Did you put up a tree today? I didn't put up my tree. I put up everything else. I still, I, I swept where the tree's going to go, but I haven't had time to actually put up the tree. Okay. Cause I have to go down to my cellar and I don't like to do that. I forgot Ooh. that you have a cellar. You forgot I had a cellar? I've never seen it. So as far oh. as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I know that I'm not going to survive uh, any, anything that's coming in my life because uh, I'm too scared to go in my crawl space. Uh <laughs> A guy, a guy who was working on my house, uh, went down there and he was like yelling at me from from and he's like, the crawl space is so nice. Oh my god, there's hardly any spiders in here at all. Like he was just going on <laughs> about it. 
And I was like cowering in the corner being like, thank you. <laughs> that sounds like you can go down there though. Cause that would yeah, be my biggest nice. fear is that there'd be spiders. And, 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 Kelly, <laughs> and Kelly, and yet, and yet I refused. <laughs> Because I feel like, I don't know, Paul, yours was set up that way, too. I don't have a crawl space, um, but I know there's, like, a bunch of houses that are set up that way where, like, you actually have to, like, go in there and crawl down. Like, mine's just uh, a cellar cellar. But, Paul, you had a crawl space, right, in your old house? We had a thing that lifted, like, you would just have to, you would literally have to crawl, and it was just, like, yeah, it was the ground. See, know? I couldn't I couldn't do that either. Like, I don't, I. it's like that guy that just got stuck in the cave. Because he was just crawling forward. I know that that's not how crawl spaces work, but you could just get stuck and never come out. So you were right to not go down. <laughs> I don't understand what that guy was doing or how he got stuck like that. What a weird way I know. Stuck. Well, he thought it was a different kind of tunnel. He thought uh, it was, because uh, I guess that, that cave system has a tunnel called the birthing system. So it's supposed to be like crawling out like, like you're being born. So you're supposed to like squeeze through the oh, cave no, no. and he thought that that's what that was, but it wasn't. It was just a little piece of rock that ended. So he just got stuck upside down and he just slowly died. He died. He died. That's, I didn't realize. I thought someone found him. They found him and then he had to die. Well, Kelly, thanks for taking <laughs> a very fine day and turning it into gremlins. It was Paul did it. You did, you did gremlins the whole thing. You gremlins <laughs> sad story. <laughs> About a guy who got stuck in something. He died. <laughs> he died. He did die. Have to die. I think that's how you said it. He had to die. <laughs> he did have to die. <laughs> you brought it up and then you asked if he lived. What was I supposed to say? <laughs> I did. I, I asked after you said he died. So yeah, I guess. I guess I, I just really... assumed you knew he died because who could survive that? I guess that's true. I didn't. I haven't paid any attention. The first I heard of it is when you sent me that picture of him. I didn't send it to you. Tom sent it to you. So don't Whatever. even start. Whatever. I don't care who sent it. It was sent to me. That's the first I heard about it. All right. Let's move on. Let's start the podcast. <laughs> the specific phrase "he had to die" is one of the funniest things I've heard. I don't the even remember that, the way that you said it too. It was just like he had to die, like breaking the news to us. Kelly has spoken. It is imperative <laughs> that this man be dead. I don't even know if I actually said did I must have if you both heard that. So I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Should we start the show? Yes, go ahead. We're, we're gonna start the show. So this is neighbor's track. <laughs> Sorry, I coughed over that, so go ahead and start again. <laughs> This is Neighbors Trash. Uh, I'm Paul. I'm here with Kelly and Joe. And uh, we're doing Friends this week. Uh, Friends is a show that is popular. Everybody knows about it, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know anybody who doesn't know about it. Um, one of the most popular 90s shows there was, but it seemed to also be pretty popular in the early 00s as well. Like the seventh season, right? About there. Some would say it was still on... <laughs> as far as I am concerned, it's still going. I, I have not kept up with the show. Is it like Grey's Anatomy, where it's like, is that on still? Like, how long has that show been on? Is that how you felt about Friends while it was on? No, I'm just saying that's. I'm pretending that's the way I feel about it. I, I did, did not, not catch on to that. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I thought you were speaking from the heart. Oh, well, pretend I was. I uh, <laughs> I felt like it didn't. I felt like it had ended, and uh, it was fine that it had ended. You know, no hard feelings. It had run its course. Yeah, I don't think anyone was sad when Friends was over. It's like, oh no, there's no more Friends. I think it was more of like a. I think it had a big enough finale where it was like everyone was excited to watch it. So it wasn't like a, oh no, no more friends. And I think that they ended at a good time. It wasn't like a, I don't know. They didn't just keep going like Grey's Anatomy. It's like, cause great. Yeah. Like you're right with Grey's Anatomy. It's like, I don't even know who those characters are anymore. Everyone's dead. Right. <laughs> Except for Meredith. <laughs> I keep, I keep hearing that the characters in that show die in like the most humiliating and weird ways. And I, they I, do. I yeah. Having never watched it. I don't understand that at all. It seems so weird to me. They don't get, if you leave Shonda, Shonda Rhimes does not let you go. Like just people in Grey's Anatomy do not get, just get to move or go on vacation. If you're leaving Grey's Anatomy, you're going to go out the worst way possible. It's going to be a helicopter crash. It's going to be cancer. It's going to anything, but just moving. I think only one person got to move and that was Christina Yang. It's crazy to me. The only thing I've ever seen that's anything kind of close to that is I remember on ER, it seemed like the characters were always dying in like the worst, meanest ways. Like Anthony Edwards was on that show for so long. And I think he like got shot in the head by some random guy. Like, yeah, he was like, yeah. Uh, another guy got hit by a train. Another guy got killed by a terrorist. Like, it's so weird. It's yeah. always something because, yeah, like Derek Shepard, like that's uh, Patrick Dempsey's character. He is on the show forever. He's uh, Meredith's main uh, love interest. He wants to leave the show. He gets hit by a truck. Like that, that's his big send off gets hit by a truck. Cause he's wandering in the middle of the road. So weird. What's he doing out there? There was a little more to it than that. He was, he was trying <laughs> It'd be funny if that's how they're just like off camera. They're like, "Hey, got hit by a truck." He was just laundry. <laughs> no like one knows what he's doing dog. out there. Nobody asked. No, he was. Uh, oh, oh, another person got in a car wreck, and he was uh, helping them out. And then he was, but he stayed in the blind curve, which is really stupid. And then none of them moved from the blind curve. And then eventually, Derek also got hit by a car. Oh man. So, I mean, it's like it, it was like a heroic that he was saving somebody. But at the same time, it was dumb because he just watched them get hit by a car. And then he just waited to get hit by a car, basically. And then, ironically, Paul and Joe, the only brain surgeon that could have helped him was him. Ooh, isn't that <laughs> a joke on? Isn't that a joke? It's on a joke friends? on Friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Friends. Yeah, when they when Joey's character gets killed off, that was the whole thing. He's like, ironically, the only one who could save me was me. Yeah. So yeah, that happened. I guess Shonda liked that and went with it. <laughs> I like that. Gonna steal that. Yeah, I, it's it's fun. It's fun. They're all just, just big soap operas, and it's a good if, time. Yeah, if you're watching with someone else and no one's like that, like into it, it's really fun. Like me and my roommate watched all of Grey's Anatomy when when it was like on in our time in college, so that was a good time because that's when you're like super into it. And you're like, because oh, I think that's when Derek died. 
And oh, the other big like crazy kill off was when um they introduced a bunch of new characters. So they they wanted to like make this whole new thing. And they had all these people join the cast and you're supposed to care about these characters. And then I think two episodes in, they had like a gun, like a mass massacre. And they just killed everyone they brought in. And I was just kind of like, okay. (laughs) That was insane. (laughs) Anyway, we're not talking about Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) I am glad that you said, though, that like if you're just not like super invested or whatever, you're just kind of watching it for fun, that it's it's enjoyable because another show that I never watched, uh, but I heard had an insane ending. I think I heard that like at the end of Xena Princess Warrior, like she gets like killed and dismembered or some shit. Like, are you serious? I I I'm, I have heard this. I don't know if it's true or not. I probably should look it up. I just remember hearing it and being like, "Why in God's name would you do something like that?" And I do remember yeah. somebody somebody kind of echoing what you said though, Kelly, which is like, "Look, this is camp. We all know it's camp," mm-hmm. and. Uh, we're just here for the for the you know craziness or whatever. But still, like I don't know if if that's all made up and somebody just is having me on, uh, then I apologize to your listeners. Let's talk about friends. <laughs> At the end of no, Friends, we... Joey is dismembered. No, <laughs> they should. I forgot about like that. that. Everybody <laughs> just like they all get on a plane and the plane crashes, and it's like, well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that should yeah. Rachel gets off the plane, and then it's a final destination after that. Oh, the plane crashes and then it turns into <laughs> Final Destination, and all the friends slowly die. Oh no! Oh no! What if what if uh, all the friends got dragged into the Scream universe by Courtney? Oh yeah, there you go. It's really that a shame was- that they ruined the Scream. They ruined Scream for us. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I don't know. We put all this time into making Scream 7 and then they made Scream 7 into the worst thing that could possibly happen. Yeah, uh, and it's like firing their uh, lead actresses left and right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they lost both of them. They have to reboot it now because they're they're morons. So. Um, Insane. Yeah, that is frustrating. And it's just like, well, they can, they can reboot it, but now it's like, I don't know if it's something I want to go see. So yeah Um, we'll we'll just have to go we'll have to kind of restart with some new slashers we're going full into that thanksgiving universe is what we're doing Uh, (laughs) have you seen thanksgiving i haven't seen it i haven't seen it either no Um, it's got to be streaming now right i think it was just in theaters wasn't like i think like a situation where it's like also on peacock or something oh i don't know (laughs) kelly what did you did you prevent us from watching this because you didn't know it was on Peacock? I didn't I don't prevent anybody from watching <laughs> no, anything. I, <laughs> I, I said, surely this is on streaming so we can watch it. And Kelly's like, no, it's not. You have to go wow. see it in the theater. And I was like, wow. And I just I took pretty, it on It's very uh, possible it's not streaming anywhere. Also, oh, hold God. on. Because I can go back to that message and I can see right under that, unless I'm wrong, which it might be streaming. I said those words. Well, unfortunately, and then neither of us looked. So I think that that's on. That's not on me. It's not well, streaming. So. You were about to say on both of us, but then you just said, <laughs> not on me. I appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, did you guys both? <laughs> did you guys what? both watch all the episodes? Yes. Got... For... Sorry, go ahead, Paul. No, no, you go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, yes, I did. And just so that uh, the listeners are aware, the, the uh, structure, right, is that we would watch one episode from each season, unless you guys lied to me about this too. Uh, but the the count was going to be the first episode of the first season, the second episode of the second season, third of the third season, so on and so forth, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, because we wanted to do this, but we didn't want to watch all the episodes. I didn't want to watch. <laughs> and I didn't either. Nobody wanted to. <laughs> to watch all the episodes i had recently we had done a rewatch recent like this year and got to season eight so i I watched the ones that i hadn't already rewatched recently and then i watched a couple other ones yeah I, I i watch it like gilmore girls where i just have it on sometimes so i i didn't do like a full rewatch or anything i watched these episodes but like i've done like two watches recently where it's just been in the background while, while i'm doing other stuff so it's in it's in here it's all in here yeah it's all in there <laughs> plus so. we pretty much had it memorized as kids because we had we had all the vhs tapes of all the seasons well so when they still made it <laughs> so don't even tell us we didn't have it already because we had the vhs <laughs> that, <is laughs> so that was a very john innocent ending so don't tell me that i'm fat <laughs> yeah, don't try to tell us we don't know because we had all the vhs tapes uh meanwhile you can tell me that i don't know because part of the premise here is that you guys are both really big friends aficionados and i'm more somebody who like consumed it because it's like through cultural osmosis because obviously especially for like the last i don't know five or six years it was like the biggest deal in american culture and you just couldn't get away from it even if you wanted to i didn't happen to dislike it or anything it's just uh i was very uh boycotted in very stupid ways back then um but i still yeah i was watching it now it was fun to see how much of it i remember uh even though i couldn't tell you like oh yeah i know all the friends episodes i do think i might actually have i might have seen every single one of them yeah it's like that thing where like when i started watching seinfeld just because it was always on tv i was like i can't believe how many of these i've already seen yeah and it's it's just yeah it just sort of sunk in like that and uh with friends for me too it was also because i didn't start watching it until we moved into our um into the city for the first time ever we were country kids and we had these tvs that i don't know where we got them or why we had them but there's just these tiny little tvs you'll see like um up on and like or in old movies and bars where they're just kind of stuck up there and Nobody knows how they got up there or how to get them down and they barely work. And like, we had like three of these things and out in the country, we only got three stations. We never got NBC. So we finally moved in the city and we were finally get our TV tuned to NBC. It was great. It was like all these new shows that was like, I've heard about these shows, you know, these are the forbidden shows. So it was uh, finally got to watch him. And like, I think that's why Friends was so big for me is because it was like, oh, yeah, I can finally know what this is. It was like, I do still wish that TVs could tune the way those TVs were tuned, though, because it's really satisfying to like pick which station you want and to slowly tune it in with like a little knob. Like you yeah. had to like search for it on a little knob. And I kind of wish the TVs were still like that. You don't just do those scans. You have to. I you set each station to what you wanted, and you had to put the little card in to say that it was NBC. Now, yep. 
NBC could be any one of those buttons. You got to choose. Why did we not update the team? We just kept dragging those things around <laughs> everywhere. Because they were cool as hell and everybody they knows were it. Cool. I wish that we still had them, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was ex really exciting to get NBC. And I just think it was just like that the show had started and then was like well into rerun territory at that point. But it was just like just every time it was on whatever NBC's schedule was it was it was reruns but it was also the show is still on i think it was like in mm -hmm. maybe this fifth or sixth season anyway back to what joe was saying originally he wasn't going to rewatch at all and then every five minutes he'd be like i watched another episode of friends and he'd get more and more caught up to where we yeah. are now now the the very canny listener will hear the timber of kelly's voice go up ever so slightly as she relates that anecdote because she knows she's taking the piss on this one i said that it would be an interesting premise for me to come in here, not, you know, com completely cold and see what I do remember when you guys are discussing it. And then Kelly said, you know what you should do is watch a bunch of Friends episodes. <laughs> so I did. I never said that. Okay, we can we can start the episode. <laughs> I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. It's a lot of separate conversations. <laughs> and a lot of uh, yelling about it on our show. But that's <laughs> <laughs> that's why our show is so great um yeah so let's i guess start with how are we going to start this because uh that yeah we didn't want to nobody wanted to watch them all and uh we wanted to have a conversation also matthew perry died and that's very sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry it's funny well, i kept kelly. laughing but yes it's sad <laughs> i'm so sorry kelly that, that, <laughs> that that's funny to you i guess <laughs> that was a fucking pop i swear to god <laughs> it just sounded like you were trying to hold in a laugh i was trying to hold in a cough and then it came out before i could hit mute but it is very very sad and i know a lot of people are rewatching friends anyway because it's like the number four streaming show right now um so we're looking back on that too but the idea is that um there's we also wanted to talk about um, which friends, because there's, you know, I don't know, a lot of people have the same opinion about which friends they do and don't like, and Ross is usually near the bottom of everybody's list. Ross and Phoebe are usually last, but yeah. I think that everybody else kind of cycles through the other characters. Like, there's people that, like, go hardcore for Rachel and Chandler, but, yeah, you rarely ever see Ross. Maybe Phoebe every once in a while, but never Ross. I feel like Phoebe has uh, a very large invoke. Well, I should say like a, a vocal plurality of people really like Phoebe. That's yes. my experience. Like a lot. Really? Of, yeah. Like a lot of like women, especially, but also people who just kind of appreciate, you know, like this is going to sound really stupid, but like, you know, a quirky character on TV who's not like the butt of every joke, uh, but mm -hmm. is in on the joke. I've, I don't know. I've seen people. Uh, and obviously Lisa Kudrow is like a beloved comedy figure. Right. I think that factors in and I, I do like phoebe but i would never call her my fate i don't think she's ever been my favorite character like i think i go between rachel and joey the most okay rachel and joey i think phoebe's up there for me i like phoebe a lot i like uh joey uh we don't have to discuss i guess we should go through the episodes first and then maybe talk about that and then we'll uh okay because we'll i guess what i here. what i did for my episodes is i just kind of i watched them all and then at the end, I would just say who I thought the best friend in that episode was. 
Okay. We didn't really discuss. I know me, me and Paul kind of discussed doing that early on, and then I just kind of did it, but we never really set that as a standard. Well, yeah, yeah, so conversations were not privy to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, before we start, I do want to say, since everybody already said their favorites, that uh, it's always been Chandler for me far and away. Uh, like Matthew Perry in a walk, even though uh, Kelly apparently hates his guts. Uh, oh. I no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love him. Uh, I think he's very funny. And I think it's very interesting that, to me anyway, that like, I wouldn't say he created a style of humor. Um, but I do think, and maybe we've talked about this in an earlier podcast. I do think that he created a persona that ended up becoming like the predominant comedy voice for like the last 20 years. Like every Marvel movie is doing Chandler humor. Like that's their, yeah. that's, yeah. that's like the style that's, that's very in. I think people also are getting a little tired of it. Cause like people who aren't Matthew Perry, are doing it poorly you know so like i know on the show workaholics they would have uh, a whiteboard that they wrote they were uh wrote phrases or comedy uh tropes that you they were not allowed to use because they were so overused um and it'd be stuff like he's standing right behind me isn't he like something like that uh or like very chandler-esque like could you deliver a line in this kind of way you know kind mm -hmm. of thing um so i think he's really interesting for that and i don't think he really gets credited for it but he was the only guy really doing that at the time. And it's, yeah. And it is kind of translated into, or Marvel's kind of taken that on. And I think it's, he, Matthew Perry does it really well, but it is kind of a humor for guys that aren't really funny. Not saying Matthew Perry's like, he does it well, but it's kind of like something you can easily adapt if you need like a more comedic character, but you're not really naturally funny. And like it, it, definitely did you can feel it now and it is getting old but it doesn't ever feel old with him because they balance it out really well with the other characters as well like they don't have that coming every character has their own flavor of of funny too but it's like it's definitely that's true i think carries. that doesn't happen a lot in sitcoms anymore where it's like these characters have three very individual voices and they don't really overlap very often or go off like their own personality very often so yeah, if you only have Chandler just doing this and then the other two characters or, or other two guy characters will just be like, oh, that's just what he does. Like yeah. you'd never see, unless he's mocking Chandler, you'd never be like, Joey's never going to be like, could I be doing this? Except for when he did, when he was making fun of Chandler. Only when they're making fun of Chandler, yeah. <laughs> could I yeah. be wearing any more clothes? <laughs> that was his big line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do. I do like that. As a a more casual Friends fan, I do feel <clears> that the characters get to have their own comedic stylings, and they and again, like you know, Phoebe, she's quirky. Like she has like a very specific kind of delivery and sort of you know orthogonal way of thinking about things, but it's never to like mock her. Right? Everybody gets to have their own sense of humor uh, and their own style, but like it, the show supports yeah. it, celebrates it, rather than like drags them down for it. Well, and it's interesting because it's like, I don't think it gets a lot of credit for having a lot of funny women in it, which is weird yeah. because it's like, that seems to always, especially in a, like a sitcom where most of the time, it, and especially if you have like, they're all very funny in their own ways, but you know, Joey and Chandler, like you, you would, it seems like you would often have the other characters always setting them up. Or if that's the kind of like, that's no, the normal sitcom 
thing. It's just like everybody will come in and they'll say something so that one of those characters, funny characters are going to have something funny to say, but yeah, they're, they're all funny, but they're like the women characters, like all three of them are their own kind of funny and they all get to be the joke and they also get to make jokes, you know, like, I think that's pretty big. The nineties kind of did that a lot, but I don't know. Friends, especially, I think. Yeah, yeah, and they all had good comedy chops. Like uh, Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston, and Lisa Kudrow all were very, very funny women. So, like, it was like I think also they did a lot of physical comedy, which you didn't really see all that often from women characters either. Where it was like a Monica falling and all like stuff like that. Like you didn't really get that from women characters very often. So that was new, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know having consumed a lot of like '90s sitcom, um, what what this show does is exactly what the two of you are talking about, which is that uh, it is the the sheer number of individual personalities, and in, in this case, women who are allowed to shine is really impressive because you have other shows, you know, obviously like, you know, Daphne and Roz are very funny on Frasier, but they're not really front and center the way that Monica, Rachel, and Phoebe are, right? Same deal with like News Radio is a sitcom that I love. I think it's super underappreciated and very funny. But like there are two women characters on that ensemble and they really, again, they're not centered and like given the opportunities to fill time the way that these women are. So I think that's the real um, accomplishment on top of, of course, the actors individual accomplishments themselves, because they are all three of them, all six of them, you know, very funny and talented. Yeah, and they also get more scenes where they it, like they'll get so many scenes that are just like Rachel and Phoebe. So it's like you don't always need the male characters be with them, which I think you don't really get in like Frasier. I don't think you've ever gotten like a Roz Daphne episode like that right. never happens. So that's a really good observation. Yeah. 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 The closest is Elaine, but she's still battling three other guys. But it's like the closest I can think of, I should say. But it's like that, you know, she gets to be funny. She gets to do physical comedy, too. But like, yeah, you don't have it where you also have women playing off of each other like this yeah i mean there's there's only four main cast members <clears throat> on that show which is a very obviously a very good show if someone wanted to argue that it was the greatest sitcom of all time that's a valid argument to make yeah i would say right. only like <laughs> we'll say again i said they're right i think it's oh. the best sitcom seinfeld yeah i mean i'm biased i think i think the, the simpsons at their best are better but um I do see, I, I I totally would agree the same way that I acknowledge that Sopranos is like the greatest drama of all time, whatever, uh, even if it's not 100% my thing. Um, Seinfeld is much more in my wheelhouse. I enjoy it very, very much. Um, in, in the core cast of four people, 3.5 of them are funny. Like Jer Jerry spends a lot of time on that show not being particularly funny compared to the other main characters, I think. Um, so for six main characters to all get their chance to shine and be like very on top of their game at all times within the show's writing i think again is very impressive we'll have a whole podcast episode called me defending jerry seinfeld's comedy in the only <laughs> only in the sitcom seinfeld but the very narrow sense <laughs> But yeah, I, I was going to say something, but yeah, we'll argue about that later. <laughs> I know, um, that's exactly it. But we'll have a side film. I'm not even fully against you. I think I like Jerry more than other people do. But yeah, we'll we'll get there anyway. Um, 
So I guess if you guys just want to start with episode one, I think that uh, what I was trying to do, like as I was going through is how the characters kind of, uh, it feels abrupt because obviously we're going forward a year, but like how they kind of uh, almost like, they feel like they abruptly change personalities to me, a few of the characters, not all of them. So I thought that would be an interesting like um, add on because I kind of I wrote that within my notes. I don't know if you guys what kind of notes you guys took or if you took notes at all. It wasn't a requirement, but I was just kind of <laughs> like paying attention to how different the characters were than their personality in the previous episode, which I think Monica is the one that kind of changes the most for me. And the person mm -hmm. that stays the most consistent, I think, is Rachel. How yeah, do you guys feel about that? That's fair. The pilot's weird, man. Like it uh, is. I'm more familiar with this show with like the pastiche that has been formed in my brain by having lived through it. Um, and so going back, you know, like like for so many shows, going back to the very first one is like a very like almost unnerving experience because it's it does not line up with your expectations, but it's still recognizable, right? So you're kind of like in this uncanny valley thing. Um watching it now i'm like uh, joey's hair has to go away forever uh mm. monica's uh outfits are baffling to me often <laughs> um she is very much still in like the uh extremely attractive woman from the bruce springsteen video like that's kind of her look to me in the early days of the show um but as i think we've complained i've complained at least on here before or perhaps elsewhere uh the wardrobe department it really doesn't do her a lot of favors throughout the show i think there are times where yeah. she is allowed to look very 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 attractive very pretty she's always pretty let's not get it twisted i'm just saying like wardrobe wise i feel like rachel's positioned as like the hot one or the the cute girl and then that leaves courtney cox frequently kind of playing like a, a more matronly momish character and then yeah, yeah and it comes from the wardrobe the few times that she's allowed to actually like the few times that they put her in like era appropriate attractive clothing for a woman her age like she is she's like screams off the screen it's crazy to me uh and so to me it's just that much more uh, apparent when they're kind of like they seem to be actively trying to tone her down uh looks wise that's what i think yeah i don't think they knew what to do with monica especially when re-watching the pilot because I think originally, because she's kind of, and they do this more in the flashback, which wasn't part of our list. But when we first meet her, it kind of feels like she's supposed to be more of like the cool laid back girl. Like that's what I got from it. And I think that that's kind of echoed in a flashback episode where they have them whining that they're going to turn the bar into a coffee shop. That was like the big joke. And they're like, where are we going to hang out? But that's when they had like Monica and like the leather jacket and the and the like uh, yeah. red like shirt and all that stuff. And she still had like the punk rock looking hair. Like I know it's not like crazy punk rock, but I think it's supposed to be for her character. Mm -hmm. So like I feel like they didn't really know what to do with Monica. And then like they kind of were like, okay, she's either the cool laid back girl or she's like the girl that just keeps getting screwed over all the time. And then yeah, yeah. they they brought in Rachel as like the the girl it's supposed to be like the one that all the guys go for and then they just have phoebe there as like the odd girl that's just kind of like i'm here too guys yeah <laughs> i think this is a situation where they're they're comedic like the casting was so good on this show <laughs> that like i think the the actors just sort of were able to develop this because i think a lot of the characters at the chandler 
and maybe Monica too weren't, or maybe it was Phoebe more, but like they weren't supposed to be that big on the show. They were supposed to mm. kind of pop in and be, you know, be consistent. But it's like, oh, if they don't show up for an episode, it's not a huge thing. It's mostly about these characters, you know? Kind of like just, Niles. Exactly. Like they just sort of like, it just so happened that they're all, their chemistry was all so good together and they were all such big presences that it's like, you couldn't really keep, you know, you couldn't really keep them off the screen. And then it just seemed like, yeah, like you said, with the pilot, they weren't really sure how that was going to look um and like but that yeah like monica gets quite a bit of of time so i think she was still supposed to be a pretty big part of it but she's not the same character no uh, like she changes so drastically like i i think all my little notes are pretty much just monica is just like this is her new personality trait that she did not have a year yeah, ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think it's um, wild sorry go ahead paul Oh, I very quickly about the fashion that I think consistently throughout the show, everybody is dressed poorly. Like very few times do I like, I don't know if there's a character where I'm like, oh yeah, that, that actually looks good. Like it's, it's, it's more rare that they actually look good in something than they are dressed like in a way that like, and this, you know, again, to bring up Seinfeld, there's not an episode that goes by in Seinfeld where I'm not like, man, they're pulling that off. Like they dress <laughs> those characters and it's like, that's a what like, drastically different character like you know sizes and styles that you're trying to do and they do it every time and this show is just like what are you That's... why are you layering like this like <laughs> why are you wearing that horrible vest ross why are you wearing brown from head to toe like what is going on I don't it's know. funny that you say that about seinfeld because i do think that the reason um so yeah they don't dress very well in that show ever and then i think when they finally do you're like are these people like attractive like it's confusing because like i think the only time like i'm just like oh jerry's actually like a good looking guy is when he's wearing that baseball uniform that him and george wear and i'm like they're both good looking guys they're wearing these baseball uniforms so like this is the only time they've ever like pulled off a good look because <laughs> jerry's they... hair is always awful and then george is always wearing like something that makes him look 10 years older than he is <laughs> Yeah, when they finally let Elaine or uh, let uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus like dress mm -hmm. a little bit, oh my god! Like she goes, <laughs> like it goes insane. Like she, from a very sort of like, I would say like reserved, not quite frumpy, but very reserved kind of look for Elaine in the early seasons, and like somewhere yeah. around four or five or something, they just go nuts, and it's great. She was very, season. she was dressed very similar to Phoebe, I'd say. Good, Paul. It's just the first few seasons, she's wearing like a, a grandma nightgown. Yeah. yeah. Like constantly. It's just, <laughs> just unflattering look. Like, but yeah, they definitely change that once the show actually takes off, I think. I, I think they did that thing thing to Phoebe. She she and Elaine dressed very similarly. Yeah. I always wonder how much uh like agency or uh advocacy like the women, the actors themselves have in that. Cause I imagine if you're like especially you're in a cast like friends where everybody uh you know of, of the six of them at least like three or four of them are, are considered to be like kind of fashion plates and also like super hot in the culture or whatever you got to be probably wanting to get in on that too right i mean none, none of them are slouches they're all beautiful people um so i imagine you know, occasionally you know you might have an actor being like all right can i hop myself up you know for, for the season help me out right. here 
Except for Ross, he's like, make me uglier, god damn it. The women are going crazy. <laughs> the worst sweaters you've ever seen constantly. And these jackets that just like they just don't look good on anybody, probably. And I don't know what he's doing. Ross, okay, let yeah. everybody let everybody else get hotter. Just bring me down, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> okay, I, I gotta bring this up really quick, and we don't have to talk about it very much if you don't want to, because like I've heard a lot of people are uh, not super happy with it, but after watching all of the uh, episodes, I did watch the the reunion show, um, and it is it is insane to me. It is absolutely crazy to me that Ross was like the first guy that they uh, they cast, and that also that like they were so hard up for David Schwimmer, like they wanted David Schwimmer <laughs> so bad. I don't get it. Uh, and I th here's the thing: I do get wanting David Schwimmer. I think David sure, Schwimmer is sure. a very good actor. Uh, if anybody has not watched Band of Brothers, I know it's like military shit, but like for real, just watch the scenes that he's in because he's really good in that show playing a very different type of person. Um, he is, I think, very talented. Uh, and I I do think he's perfect for this role. Don't get me wrong. What's weird to me is that to me, at least in this pilot and also early in the show's going, to me, it is very clear that he is like the quote unquote main character of the boys. Like, this show is about yeah. his journey. This show, and like he's also positioned as sort of like, yeah, he's like, kind of, you know, a uh, you know, a non-traditional masculinity in a lot of ways because he's so like hang dog and kind of, um, you know, not super assertive. But also, like, I think the show is trying to position him as sort of like kind of like a hot, desirable like protagonist, uh, which I find a, a very strange choice. Yeah, I yeah. think that they they figured out real quickly that Joey was like their main hot guy. And then it kind of and then I think, too, I think at the in the very first season, they tried to make the guys be more like a group where it was like mm. these guys are always hanging out. And then you realize very quickly that Ross is kind of like their dad. <laughs> and he has like a real job and he does real things and he like <laughs> is in committed relationships and then the, then there's the guy the guys that actually hang out which would be Chandler and Joey which they're just doing things that they know that Ross is going to be disapproving of and then they're like we got to hide this from Ross so yeah, I think that they figured out real quick that it wasn't like a guy dynamic it was more like okay Ross fits in here but he's not with the guys it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work every time it's like Ross with them it's like we got to get you guys to learn how to use like a calculator. It's always that. It's never like. I love that episode. Don't, don't <laughs> how to use a calculator. Imagine like uh, Ross, like in, in a very Ross voice being like, no, if you press these numbers in this order, it says boobs. You guys. Like <laughs> It'll say boobs. And it's like, he's not joking. He's just teaching them. That's how it does. Like, he's just like walking them through the steps of how to do it. Yeah, it's funny, like, it's funny because everybody has kind of the same opinion about Ross, but I think everybody would agree that you have to have Ross. You Ross do, and he does a great job at it. Like, yeah, yeah David Schwimmer, nothing against him because it's not his performance at all. He's being Ross. He's very much, like, he's got this character down. But it's just, like, it's it's so weird that he's in this show and like, yeah, how he was supposed to come in and he was, he is the big will they won't they guy. Like, it's not like they were wrong really. Yeah. Like, this was a huge deal. You know, Ross and Rachel was a big deal, but it's like, he's, 
his hair, like the, his super, <laughs> like gelled hair, and yeah, it's like he's got the hangdog thing, but it's also like beyond the normal like '90s style. Like he's very like I don't know, like it's just he's very Ross about everything, and and I think that's great for the character too, though, because like he never pretends yeah. not to be Ross, which is great. Because if you yeah. have a if you have a person like that, you don't want them to pretend that they're anything that they're not. And then that's why those people love Ross anyway. Like, uh, like I think that he didn't fit into the group like they originally wanted him to. But then he kind of like found his own role. And we all have a friend like that that just is in charge of telling you that you're doing the stupidest thing that you've ever done. And then they are like doing their taxes when they're 19 and you don't know how to do them. So it's yeah. like it, everyone has that friend. So it's like it's so I think that people saw Ross and they're like, oh, yeah, that's the person that you can like depend on. And like you still hang out with that person, but it's not the person that you're like caught like if it was Joey and Chandler, like they're not calling Ross to like set stuff on fire and throw it against a wall. Yeah, it's very interesting and difficult, uh, I imagine, to be a, a successful comedic actor. <laughs> and when I say successful, I mean, having your comedy actually come across and people appreciate it when like the basis of Ross's humor is that he kind of goes from like quiet to really angry. Yeah. <laughs> in like two seconds. Like his whole thing is kind of like generally being a little unpleasant, whether it's unpleasant, like, Oh God, I wish this guy would like, you know, step up or whatever already. Or the unpleasant would be like being yelled at by a guy who's like wound up, you know, wound too tight. Um, yeah. it, to be able to do that and still be quote unquote likable, not the most you know liked actor on the show or you know a character on the show but like a character that people like kelly is just saying here you can't have the show without like that's super hard and i appreciate that for from the performance aspect of it yeah yeah i think he's kind of he's crazy in the way that fraser is crazy where it's like he he goes from zero to 100 in a second but he's also very helpful it's it's like he's he's not angry it's just the way he talks you know yeah. So it's like Frasier, which is kind of like, I'm just going to have like a tiny outburst and I'm going to say this, but I'm not going to, they don't, it's not like a hold grudging kind of yelling or like Mm -hmm. a actually angry kind of yelling. It's more just kind of like a, I'm exasperated and this is what I have to say. And now it's over. Yeah. There's, he's the, I think he's the most interesting character. I really do. Uh, Just because I think that his, the way that his character is presented is something that was very um acceptable and very normal in that era of comedy and especially that era of like american culture it's like the capital n capital g nice guy uh and that's a that's a common trope from back then that nowadays people find to be much more toxic because they have like this he presents as nice but there's also like these expectations about if i'm going to be nice to you then I, i get something for it uh on the other side xander is another example uh from buffy the vampire slayer of like this guy who was considered at the time like this cute sort of like, oh, isn't it nice that they have like this kind of non-traditional masculine character? Like he's so funny. He's so cute. He's so, you know, supportive and nice, blah, blah, blah. And like now people hate his guts. <laughs> yeah, uh, rightfully so. I did not yeah. like that guy. I think Ross is be- is handled better than Xander ever was. But ultimately you are talking about a guy who is like kind of too into Rachel, gets her pregnant, yeah. doesn't like, pursue a real relationship with her uh very you know vigorously um and then sort of ends up with her almost by default at the end that's probably not a fair way to describe her coming back for him but 
Um, I don't think that he is played badly in terms of how the writers had his arc go over those seasons. But I do think he comes off as a very interesting artifact of that era. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't push the Rachel stuff because I think that the Rachel stuff happened. And it was fine when it did. I don't know why they just kept going back to it. Because like, I think that throughout the series, like I know it was early on, but I think that there were women like that fit Ross way better than Rachel. And then I think that there's like, I feel like their platonic relationship was really good too. So it was yeah. like, it wasn't like it was like Rachel and Ross are nothing. Like the show's ruined without it. So I don't know. I always liked, I always liked Ross with Julie. And then I, that, um, me and Paul always talk about Mona because I think Mona was probably the perfect for Ross because she he was so insane and she was not phased at all for any of the shit that he pulled during his relationship with Mona. She probably yeah. didn't deserve that, but she did not seem to care one way like or the other that he was like that. So, oh, God, the episode that she shows up in on the ones that we watched. Yeah, that's some of the most psychotic shit I've ever seen. I cannot uh-huh. believe that this show was written like that. Uh, and whatever it's all fun right it's frothy it's light it's not that serious mm-hmm. but like if you do take this at all seriously when we talk about that episode I was blown away by how that whole thing goes down I read the I read the episode cap like you know just like the brief description of it and that I thought was psychotic then what I saw <laughs> the actual show I was like what are you talking about anyway and that's like all the scenes with Mona Mona never got a break from crazy Ross. it was never like oh this is a nice thing going on it was always like what insane thing could Ross do to Mona today? <laughs> and uh, look, there's no reason we could go ahead and talk about that one. We don't need to do them in order. I don't think yeah. um, that was, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, is that eight or nine? Um, it's either eight, eight or nine, nine. I believe. I think it's nine. Is it nine? Um, yes. Uh, or Sorry. Hold on one second. It's yes. not, not. No, it's eight. It? It's eight. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Rachel just, the, the whole thing going on in, in season eight is that mm-hmm. Rachel discovers she's pregnant. We discover later that Ross is the father. Um, and now Ross is in, Ross meets Mona at the Chandler, wedding. Yeah, Chandler and Monica's wedding. Um, so we're just introduced to this character with all this happening. So uh, Rachel and Ross are not together, they haven't been together for a long time. Rachel's pregnant, it's Ross's baby. Uh, Mona, and then we get this episode. Uh, season 8, episode 8. Uh, AKA is, yeah. the one with the stripper. Oh, man. <laughs> I forgot that <laughs> happened in this episode. Uh, who wants to go through the plot of this episode? So I'm going to... I stopped re-watching them at eight, so I just know the synopsis. So if we're starting at eight, I'm going to let you take the lead. But I, kn- I know the episodes, obviously, but I didn't take my notes like I did. Okay, Joe, Joe, go ahead. Explain it to us. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, as Paul was saying, the big thing this year is that Rachel is pregnant. Uh, it's a big reveal that Ross is the father. And then in this episode, she has to tell, Rachel has to tell her father. Uh, that she is pregnant, Um, or at least she's trying to. She's very scared of her father. He is a very stern, kind of authoritarian figure uh, in her life. So she and Phoebe go to dinner. Uh, Phoebe's there for backup, you know, um, very comedically when uh, Rachel says, would you like to go to dinner with me and my dad? Phoebe's like, oh, yeah, I guess he's kind of sexy. So, ha, that was a good time. Um, But yes. We were all having a great time with that. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, long story short, uh, Rachel 
gets cold feet, really has a hard time telling her father she's pregnant. Phoebe lets it slip, trying to like do her a solid more or less, or at least, you know, get the, the cat out of the bag. Um, and her father then kind of demands to know like, well, when's the, when's the wedding date? Um, Rachel tells him a fake one because she's afraid to tell him that there is no wedding date. And then later tells him that the wedding's off. And the reason is, is because Ross won't go through with it. So to me, that is insane writing. Like it is, <laughs> it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a very fun episode. I like that this is the direction it went, but the whole premise being like, you know, you're in your eighth season of the show where it's like all these friends love each other so much. And then Rachel's like, if you murder one of my friends, that's fine with me. Uh, what I think no. what's especially funny to me about that is that, so they have the dinner. She slips that into her, the father and then they leave the dinner. And then Rachel and Phoebe just go about their day. Oh, yeah. apparently, because like they don't even bother to say to Ross, because like, obviously Rachel knows her dad. She knows that he's not just going to let this go. Like, he's going to yeah. do something to Ross. Like he left pretty much saying he was going to go find Ross. And then Rachel's just kind of like, well, this is none of my business. <laughs> and then just went back to the apartment, just like, like, and, wait, and to the point where when like they had their encounter, which we'll talk about, but then like after the encounter, Ross goes to Rachel and goes, your father stopped by. And Rachel's like, what? <laughs> of course your father stopped by like he left like the dinner storming off what did you think he was gonna do yeah I, this, this, I just thought that was really funny this episode is Rachel Rachel tries to get a friend killed the one where Rachel tries to get a friend <laughs> killed. yeah really uh, it's insane uh, uh, an insane premise um, I think it kind of skirts along the reality of the show a little bit kind of in the ways that kelly was describing but i think you know whatever we're all having a good time here so it doesn't matter anyway yeah so dr green does her father does go to ross's apartment where he confronts ross about being unwilling to marry his daughter uh ross is there with mona uh and so they're having this conversation where he's like why won't you marry my daughter and he's like i tried to and then mona's like what he's like but i don't I wanted her. to marry her yeah yeah exactly it's, it's so, a very funny scene it is a very funny scene. Mona, if doc, basically at that point, she should look at Dr. Green and be like, if you don't have a gun, I do. I will murder him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't, it's, it's, such, it's such a crazy thing that after all that, uh, Dr. Green doesn't like, you know, strangle Ross like in a rear naked choke uh, until he stops exp you know, breathing. Uh, but also that like at the end of the episode, Mona's like, uh, I guess I'm coming back inside your apartment because I yeah. do. It's yeah. all okay. Also, there's no, there's no way, Mona. In, in a sane world, Mona would have been out that door. Like, there's yeah. no way. There should no have been some kind of her leaving and coming back. There's like no way he could have re like reconciled that that fast. Sorry, Paul. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, there's a whole situation going on with Chandler, Joey, and a hooker, and there's a phone call in the middle of this whole. <laughs> thing where that is never like they never figure out what that means like or like Mona doesn't seek any clarification about why they're calling and that that, that is know, one of my favorite like that. quotes from that just like because he, he sounds so happy when he calls Joey just calls and leaves the message there's a hooker over here we thought you'd know something about it <laughs> that that's the, the means obviously it's what gives the episode its name to me it's absolutely crazy but again you have to like remember right different era um, nowadays, like I think any show that featured like a sex worker uh, right. or a dancer or whatever would like go out of its way to be like, you know, the character it, itself or herself would not be portrayed as like gross or, you know, mm -hmm. uncouth or anything. And not in this show, man, like that. 
the uh, the quote unquote stripper shows up and she's like, I'll be in the bedroom waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's almost that on the so, nose. I know. It's, well, I think it, it makes it funnier now. If It's not, but it's just like, it makes it funnier just how, how like, I don't know how crass it is, I guess. Like, just, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, this doesn't exist anymore. But it's like, this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it is, it's changed so much that it's just like, we, we that no show could handle that situation like that. It's either one way or the other. It's either you're very careful about it. Like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just like, with the language and everything, or you're like, oh, isn't it funny? People get mad about this. And it's so obvious that it's stupid. Like... It's just and they didn't this. they didn't make her like super gross like they gave her the voice a little bit and then they yeah. like had like they had them react that way once they knew that she was like a full-on sex worker but when when they thought she was just stripping they were into it they were like here she is like we're yeah. ready to see this woman right. strip so it wasn't like they thought she was gross initially but then, but then she's <laughs> like uh can i smoke in here yeah it becomes <laughs> like yeah just a joke yeah i do think later on chandler makes some joke about like having to like burn the mattress or whatever yeah uh, it, but whatever like it's I, it is you know like paul was saying it's not something that would happen today it's not so egregious that like you know you're you're upset about it god kelly what did you say about getting mad about uh this era of comedy is like getting mad at uh the middle three images of a oh uh, on an anamorph <laughs> Yeah, being like, that's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. Like, obviously. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was just very funny to me that like this was the name of the episode. And uh, that the as a B plot, it was like very, you know, madcap. Uh, but still, like, you know, I think there's enough like, you know, what I'm looking for here. There's enough sympathy there. And, and like Kelly said, it's not setting up the character, you know, the the sex worker to be like a total monster or anything like that um that it, it gets away with being the light frothy fun that it's aiming for and i think it's supposed to also showcase that like oh look but chandler's a great guy like he's like all upset that this wasn't what monica first intended even though it's already weird as hell like i think it would have been no more normal if him and joey just went to a strip club to hire a stripper to come to their home yeah <laughs> that's yeah. weird as fuck like i like <laughs> even if we like threw out the rest of the premise and it was just a stripper coming why why is she coming to her their home with just him and Joey? That's creepy. If I walked into that situation, <laughs> like as a like if it was actually a hired stripper, it's just like there's two men sitting here. Like wearing crowds. This is the yeah. saddest thing. Like maybe that's it. It's it's funny. He has one friend and they're very close and they seem fairly normal i guess i don't know like i don't know uh, why he agreed to that like if like i under obviously it was because the plot had to go somewhere but like if it was like a if that conversation actually took place and she demanded he go like see a stripper they would have gone to a strip club like that yeah. was weird as fuck to have him like, come to the house yeah i mean it's obvious obviously it's it gets very <laughs> sitcom-y in this time because it's like any other time it's just like monica would probably be like hey joey like you know i i'm gonna give you permission to set up you know a bachelor party because you didn't get to right like, you you do it i don't care what happens like you you do you but it's very much like they're playing it like now like you know chandler's kind of the doofy husband and monica's the the strict wife who's like that's not really how this one played out at all but it's just kind of they're doing those sort of sitcom you know the uh 
according to Jim style. Oh yeah. Sitcom plots. Yeah. It is very funny that like uh Joey is pushing so hard for the sex. He's like, maybe it's what Monica wants. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joseph. It's like he doesn't There's something you're really bad at. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess he's just trying to look at the most positive thing. Like, <laughs> what? what? What's also very funny? Neither of they call Ross. Did either of them call Monica at any point in this? That's true. She's the <laughs> one that did it. Like, yeah, why did they start with Ross? <laughs> she finds out by uh, she's at work. And uh, she makes some, or Fred Stoller is the the yeah. guest star, who, by the way, if you don't know who Fred Stoller is, uh, Google him. You do know who he is. Yeah. Uh, you will recognize him immediately. Uh, but Fred Stoller is like, hey, I think he, he brings it up like, hey, how's it going? And then it gets revealed to uh, that Monica asked him for the recommendation for who to hire. And then he had mistaken what she was asking for and gave her the name of a sex worker. And that's when she finds out, oh, my God, it's a sex worker. It's not a stripper. Uh, and then so she and then she like, also doesn't call she runs home right yeah exactly that's what I was gonna <laughs> get to but yeah she's like she bursts oh in I'm sorry no, no no it's fine it just she bursts in and like you know reveals uh comedically you know she's the the sex worker is there in the room and Monica bursts in and says she's a hawker uh and uh comedy did ensue um but yeah it was just a, a it's one of those things where you know we were talking about Seinfeld earlier like people love how the A, B, and C plots all kind of wrap up together in a very satisfying way, right? And this to me is like the opposite where it's like, it's just a bunch of stuff happening and you don't have yeah. to think about it too hard. Uh, we're just having fun here. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what Monica thought she was going to be breaking up when she went in there. Like, I know. I, I'm sure Chandler <laughs> probably eventually would have figured it out. Like, <laughs> this is weird, but okay. I guess this is what strippers do now. Yeah. Well, sure? I, guess I, I guess I have to put my penis in. Yeah. Monica said, I don't know. <laughs> I guess she, she did convince Joey. So maybe she was like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Chandler will fall, fall as well. Maybe, maybe Monica and Joey kind of have the same, yeah, thought process. <laughs> I, I will say. Bit. Sorry, go ahead, Paul. No, I was, yeah, I was. It's over. He's it's trailing over. off. It's ruined. <laughs> yeah, all over it. I'm sorry. That was the bit that, by the way, would have been the. I guarantee it would have been like you know the main uh, memory of this show. So I apologize for killing it. Um, Kelly, I for somebody who said earlier that like Joey uh was somebody who's like very high on your list. Um I will say that I never really cared for Joey very much when I when in the original run of the show because I was like, oh, his bit is that he's cute. Like he's really in insanely good looking, like good for him. Uh, because I was a hater. Um watching it this time, you know, all these 10 episodes, and then especially seeing the reunion special, I was like, I mean, I love this guy. Like he's just, Yeah, he's Joey's the best friend i think uh, well i think chandler gets there too i think chandler turns into more of like the guy that holds everybody together in the later seasons but i think joey is like the one that seems to care the most about each character individually i, I especially really like him and phoebe's relationship like i think they're very cute i feel like he's the one that like everyone knows they can go to i i like joey a lot i've always liked joey a lot does not cover himself in glory in this episode but yes <laughs> He does later, though. It, but he says my favorite line that I quote from this episode where Rachel ha is on the phone with her dad 
and he's just yelling at her and then phoebe comes in and asks her to go see a movie and then they go they leave and she leaves the phone there and joey just starts talking to him and he's like what i do think about the consequences of my actions and then he hangs up and he's just like stupid guy on my phone yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why everybody or i i don't know what frustrated me about this one too is the dad like tell rachel tell your dad to stay out of it you're 30 you don't rely on him for anything like it's just like it's your life you figured this out like yeah. i know he's intimidating and that's the whole joke and everything but i'm just like and then ross like you know tell this man to get out of your apartment like <laughs> just be like I, listen i don't need to explain anything to you like just you know you don't you don't have to do anything with this man like you know yeah i don't know uh you say that now, but if a very angry man just stormed into your house and had some reasonable things to say. <laughs> it's just like, well, your daughter lied to you a bunch. And I'm trying, I'm with this woman that, yes, I I was not completely honest with. Uh, but I realized this is all, this is just me having fun with the episode. You know, I'm not expecting these things to happen. Yeah. I'm just like, why did he do that? Oh, sitcom. So I, I guess- Kelly, that's the most Catholic thing you've said in a long time. Like, if a man broke into your home and made some very good points, you'd feel bad. <laughs> you'd feel bad. You're it right. does kind of... <laughs> You're, right. You're right. It cracks me. I think um, I I like all the parents. I, I always think it's fun when the parents come in for episodes. Um, he good cracks me up so with... What the fuck kind of glasses are those that he's wearing as like a he's a TV star? He's coming in with these like weird ass like giant um what's that guy's name from like the trailer park boys that's like all about the cats? Those are the kind of glasses that Rachel's dad wears. Those like magnifying ones. He's got good glasses and he's got a good look overall. <laughs> <laughs> I like his glasses a lot. You like his glasses. You wish yours were to- more magnifying? I'd love to be able to be like a a, a Brody from uh, from Jaws kind of guy, you know. <laughs> Big glasses. They did look very similar. Yeah. It's like they uh, they that guy likes boats too. They're both boat guys with giant. Maybe glasses. that's it. Maybe I like stern boatmen. You know, <laughs> stern boatmen <laughs> with glasses. Who fucked in and tell me what to do? <laughs> that's my type. Oh, you would have loved my grandpa. <laughs> uh, we're getting off track. We spent way too long on this episode. Which I really I, like yeah, I love that we skip straight to eight to, from the get-go, <laughs> and then we spend way too much time talking about it. I'm going to say, let's not try to talk about all of these. Let's just talk about the ones that <laughs> popped out to us a little bit. Which, which one would, the, would someone like to discuss next? Which one of these? I, I do think we should talk about the pilot, because it was, okay, I, okay. I think... The way that they introduce characters was very interesting. This is one that um, I, I rewatch Friends a lot, but I usually, for every sitcom, skip the pilot just because I don't need to be introduced to these characters. I already know them. So yeah. most of the pilots are just introducing the characters. So like the scenes in the pilot for Friends were so fast. They were so fast to the point where I texted you about something that happened in the episode and you're like that happens in that episode like it because it does feel like it was something that was like later on but because the scenes were so quick in it yeah. like it just it covered a lot of ground so like you you're introduced pretty much to everyone all at once because you meet everybody in the coffee house and then you have Rachel come in in the wedding dress and you meet Rachel 
But I think everyone kind of tries to show their personality in like a quick, like little, like almost like two liners, I guess you would say. Cause like Chandler is very much put on as the funny guy right away. All he does is like say little quips throughout this like little, like I didn't write any of them down, but like he only had quips. He didn't have anything. He had the dream. Like he like told them about a dream he had, which is also the most interested five people could be in someone talking about a dream in my life like no one never would happen (laughs) someone says this happened in a dream and there's maybe one person that didn't get away fast enough that like you never have five people's attention but anyway i cannot stand when ross talks about anything (laughs) exactly yeah as soon as ross says anything everyone pretends to be asleep that's what you would get with chandler telling a dream in a normal episode uh, but I would say, yeah, Chandler's very quick is the one like quippy guy. Monica, as I said before, I think is supposed to be the cool laid back girl. I think that's who she was supposed to be in the first episode and maybe like the next two after that. And Phoebe, of course, is supposed to be like very quirky to the point where like you're just kind of like she doesn't come off as dumb, but you can tell that she's mm-hmm. just going to say any anything that come comes to her head pretty much. And she's going to be the weird one that has like a weird past. That doesn't really fit in with the others. Ross, as you guys said before, kind of comes off as maybe the main character. He comes in and he's like this hopeless romantic. I think in the first episode is when he's getting the divorce and he's like first telling them about that Carol um, left him and she's a lesbian and all that stuff. And Joey, I think, is the biggest like like crazy difference to me in the pilot because Joey, I think originally was supposed to be more like a Fonz guy. He's wearing the leather jacket. and He's like a cool guy. And he very quickly just becomes a bro guy. Like, and then Rachel, I think it's just supposed to be high maintenance. Like they didn't really know. They didn't really give her much in the first, very first episode, but she's like high maintenance, pretty girl. So I think that they, that's who they, I I guess I'll let you guys say if there's anything you disagree with in there, but that's who I got as the core cast. How dare you bro guys can be cool guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think that they're definitely trying to set, like, they're trying to start Rachel pretty low, like, make her likable, but definitely start her from a place that she has a lot of room for growth on mm-hmm. purpose, because that has to be a big part of the show, is her being, like, you know, starting to cut off from her parents and become, you know, you know, self-reliant and all that stuff, so that makes sense. Um, Joey definitely is, like, he's they don't have the whole just kind of dumb they don't know who he is yet at all like he even has the accent more like more like the fawns where he's like hey uh ross get over here what are you doing yeah he's supposed to be the guy he doesn't have any trouble with the ladies and he can kind of give that kind of like you know that cool guy advice Um, yeah so yeah and he's definitely i think they just found out he was funnier the same thing that happened with ross it's like it's funnier when you just do these outburst things so yeah. that's what you'll do now <laughs> like, well, I think, like i think with joey i think that they found out like he was i think they found out he was more lovable than they thought he was originally sure because i yeah. think that's what happened to joey is that they realize that he's actually like he's a warm character like he's someone that people gravitate to and i think that they found out that i think that it's just Matt LeBlanc's character, like person personality, like all around. Cause like, I think that he just seems like a very safe person to be around. And I think that that just like comes off on him. And then you're like, Oh, he doesn't really fit that stereotype that they put him in before. Cause he's more of a warm character that everybody like likes. 
And it's like, oh, yeah. we're go- we got to make this guy dumber. And then just kind of like the people that people like fall back on. And then that kind of yeah. worked for him for the rest of the season. Series. Yeah, I think you could see maybe like a worst case scenario, like him becoming like a Barney Stinson. Like I think they'll probably both started as kind of being the same dude. Yeah. And, and then they're like, oh, that guy orange. doesn't have any warmth. So it it worked for him to stay Barney. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it worked that he's like a borderline sociopath but, <laughs> but yeah joey is just like he's fun and like he never does anything that bad you know most of the time mm-hmm. it's just because he's like i forgot and we're like oh joey like even looking back it's like that's not really even that bad he's just sort of you know he, he never lies and he's always women. there yeah <laughs> He doesn't lie to them. He's just like not interested in dating them. And he seems to tell them that. I don't think that it's, yeah. And it's like, he doesn't really have, he does say some things, but he's not like, he's not the most like homophobic one. He's, he definitely hasn't aged the worst of the friends. Like I think that, that is, that's something that I had in here that I was going to bring up. Cause I think that they didn't really know what to do with, I think any of the characters with the homophobia stuff. Because I do, I think that they go back and forth on Joey's character because there's some things that he seems to have no problem just being like, I'm Joey, this is who I am and I I love my bros. And then all of a sudden they have him make this like weird side comment about someone being gay for liking something and it makes no sense at all. Like how they do that. Yeah. It never works because it's not his character. Like, it's like for me, when we talked about like uh, Homer's phobia episode, it's like, well, Homer's not really like that. Um, That was very similar, you're right. Where it's just like, that's kind of like, we've seen him, like, you know, know somebody's gay or just like, hmm, I wonder if they're gay. Like, he doesn't care. It doesn't seem like, but suddenly he does. Like, I know there's a whole other stuff going on with Bart and whatever, but like, I don't know. That never sat well with me as far as like, doesn't seem like he cared. Like there's, there's episodes, not one that we watched here, but it's like, you know, where he had to kiss somebody for a play and he's like, what yeah, like, he, he like, never cares. With Ross, Ross and I think Chandler both were like weirded out about it. And he was just like, what? It's, you're being stupid. Like, it's just like, for, it's to help me out with a play. Like, I'm not, you know, don't do this whole thing. Like, kind of telling them don't be homophobic about it. But yeah. Yeah. I, and he like buys funny. like his friends, like the, bra- he got him and Chandler those matching bracelets. Very and nice. he'd say, he says things yeah. like, we're not going to be bank buddies anymore, which I always thought was really cute. Yeah, so just, stuff like that. Issue with the relationships he has with his friends at all. Like, he's okay being close to them. And uh, he took naps with Ross that one time that we didn't get to watch it either. But, um, <laughs> that was nice too. So, <laughs> um, as, as for the episodes, to tie this into episodes we actually are talking about, the uh, breast milk episode. Uh, season oh, yeah. two, episode two. Um, he is the only one that's not grossed out by the breast milk thing with different situation, but it does seem like he's just like, oh, well, you're being stupid, you know? Yeah, uh, but they did have him be grossed out by the initial breastfeeding, which was weird. Oh, that is weird. It's funny. He had funny questions. Yeah. Uh, very funny, funny, funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. They just that's the kind of guy he is he's just like yeah it's fine he's very much who he is he's not you know phased by it much joey yo say some nice things about joey <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah 
Uh, I think that the idea of a character being just um, hot and cool is so boring. Uh, so I'm glad that they figured that out pretty quickly and said, no, actually his thing is that he's hot and kind of a goofball um, and, uh, and fun to be around. Uh, I will say that, you know, the stuff about him, like, you know, being upfront with women about how he feels actually one of the episodes that we watched uh, is all about him not doing that. And instead trying to get, <laughs> Rachel to tell uh, a girl for him as he's like going to work or whatever. Um, but again, yeah, like he's... that's what I get for not watching all the episodes. <laughs> Very unnatural behavior for Joey. That would never happen again. Only happened the one time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said earlier, I just, I love uh, Matt LeBlanc today. He's like, um, and I say this with the most amount of admiration for all of them in that reunion episode, he's the most normal of all he of them is. he really is i mean he, he looks, looks like our dad he looks like our dad i was gonna say much. he like he looks like a dad just like oh yeah. you be careful tonight kind of dad like <laughs> yeah. he jokes around like, with you kind of dad yeah he's got like a little bit of a paunch on him he's like mm. very like italian north you know northeast uh yeah. seaboard type dad and it fucking rocks like i just i love it. he looks like he's living a life that he really enjoys and like he just has that warmth and that vibe that you're talking about kelly like to this very day. Um, and it's so nice to see. Uh, also, like, doesn't dye his hair very clearly, like, yeah. has gone completely gray. And he's, like, you, did you watch the whole thing, Joe? Yeah. The whole reunion? I also thought it was very sweet how he seemed to be taking, I think that he could tell, I, I think they all know that Matthew Perry was having a hard time. I think that he was always very sweet. Like, he was like talking him through stuff without him, like, he didn't really like be like, oh, Matt, like you're getting everything wrong. He'd just be like, Matt, he called Maddie, which was very cute. And he'd like mm -hmm. talk him through stuff. He'd be like, this is what's happening. And this is why you're not understanding what's happening. And I thought that was very sweet and how they kept that in. And they showed that he was like talking Matthew Perry through stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all of his interactions with, with him are great, obviously. But I, Kelly, you're right to highlight his interactions with Matthew. Because I thought, I, I agree that they were like super sweet. It's actually one of the reasons why I was kind of surprised people didn't like the reunion quite so much. Because I, I came away from it feeling... <laughs> Uh, very nice about uh, almost you know just about all of them. I, I feel bad for Matthew, but you know yeah. the moments that you're talking about. Um, I also I like the it's... moment when he was like, "Hey, remember when? Uh, uh, God, what was it? It was uh, Courtney. Remember when Courtney had all of her lines written on the oh, table? Oh, that, that was funny. And he's like, and I wiped it clean, and then Courtney's like, <laughs> "Why did you do that? He's like, <laughs> mess with you." <laughs> Which is so, it's like a very pure moment. Like Courtney is right to ask, like, what are you talking about? But, uh, <laughs> as a boy uh, who also has pranked people and thought like, oh, they'll appreciate this. It's a fun prank. Uh, <laughs> his his response was so pure. So there, those are some nice things I'll say about Joey. Yeah, he's he he's definitely like dad coded. Like like I said, like he he kind of he looks like our dad a little bit, and he very much acted like our dad like during the reunion. So it was, I think that that was part of it too. It's kind of like, oh, it's our dad on TV. I so like, I think people don't like the reunion because it reminds everybody that uh, we're all going to age. And like, it's just one of those things. They all, I I appreciated it, but they all did sort of look old and tired. It was, and a little and, sad. And a so little I think, sad. Yeah. And it's like, but you know what? Like, I don't know what you expect and it's just like especially if we're talking about a bunch of actors i mean like it seems like and some still that are pretty prominent but it just 
all seemed to kind of have that energy, you know? Yeah. Where it's just like everybody just seemed like they were asked to get up and they forgot that they had the reunion that day. Like, I was going to sleep in. Well, I also got the sense that it might have been better if, like, I'm sure that they kept in contact. It kind of sounded like Matthew Perry didn't really have the support that he wanted, but I think he kind of fell off. But I, I, I understand why they did it in a way where they were like kind of like having them meet again when they came on. But I think it was almost too sad to see friends like seeing each other for the first time in a while. Yeah. I, I almost wish they would have like reunioned and then like did not a fake one, but just been like, we caught up and we're together now. I thought it was almost too much to see them actually do it. I don't know. It yeah. bothered me. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> I shouldn't be watching this. I, was it's, I don't that, know. I have weird issues with that anyway. So go ahead, Jeff. I was thinking that James Corden shouldn't be there. And I know it's very high. <laughs> uh, oh, I agree with that. Yeah. He shouldn't be anywhere. He shouldn't be anywhere, honestly. Yeah, it's very involved to jump on him. I don't personally dislike the guy because I don't have a whole lot of uh, experience with him. But like, I think one of the things that people don't like about him is that you are in the situation, like Kelly's saying, where you're seeing these people come together for the first time in a long time. And there is like a bittersweet aspect to it. But he's still out there with like his huge bubbly energy being like, and don't we have a very interesting person in the audience? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they didn't go with someone either that was connected to the show or was like an older like interviewer. That would have made, yeah. made more sense. I don't know why they went with James Corden. I think it would have yeah. been perfectly okay for them to lean into like sort of the sadder or more like sure. uh, melancholy aspects of it. And the fact that it was instead trying to seemingly paper over that stuff um was to me like it was just drawing it into even harsher light um but you like I the, thought, go ahead sorry paul oh sorry i was just gonna say you get the inside the actor studio dude what's his name yeah, um you like sit the... him there it's fine because that's <laughs> the energy they were all giving but it's the fact that you do have james gordon kind of trying to do this like make it something else or it's almost like they they should have just pivoted away from it like when it was just like this isn't gonna be what it is like yeah we had this big thing planned no let's just have them sitting kind of all talking and just kind of talking through some shit get, getting pretty personal getting pretty yes. real and then show some clips and have a have a nice have a nice chat <laughs> learn some that's things what people know. wanted to hear yeah they wanted yeah. to see i think that's probably what they didn't realize until they saw it too they didn't realize how much people really wanted to hear that like matt leblanc saying that he erase Courtney's lines that's what people wanted to see not like yeah. the not not the kind of like stuff that they got dived into it's like no we kind of just want to see like the fun things that you guys remember doing together like we don't really it, I, no, the rest I guess is just none of our business I guess <laughs> just kind of whatever sure yeah it really <laughs> isn't but it's like that's probably what we all kind of or at least I expected when I watched it and it just sort of was a mix of two things and neither of them really worked that well together. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. Of course, I'm the filthy casual on this episode. Um, so my opinion matters. No. <laughs> Get you some VHS tapes, Joe. Get on our level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will say that for me, since so much of that special, I think it was like an hour and a half long or something. I want to say like more than half of it was them BSing together. Uh, and then like uh, reading the scripts together was kind of fun. Uh, I thought the, you know, redoing the game show, uh, you know, the, the Ross questionnaire uh, show or whatever. Oh, I um, forgot they did that. 
yeah, like all that stuff was fun. All that stuff was good. Uh, I enjoyed all that stuff. I thought even with the sadness, like I think it's fine mm. to, to talk about some sad stuff while you're also having kind of like a fun, uh, you know, watching the cast remember the show, which all three of those, you know, things I just mentioned, the the, the table reads, the, um, the, the pop quiz, that's all just different versions of the cast remembering the show. That's what we're there to see. Mm. Uh, and there was a good amount of it. So I don't know. I came away from being like, I actually enjoyed that even, but I'm, you know, again, I'm not a, a diehard, so I can see why the other aspects rankled so hard. I also, I have not rewatched it since it came out. So I watched it when it first came out when everybody was watching it. And then, so I think it's hard to, I think it's really hard to watch stuff when it's first coming out. Cause you're very, you're watching all the media for it while you're watching the actual thing. So it's like yeah. you're getting all like the Twitter responses, you're getting all the stuff on Insta, you're getting your friends talking about it. I think it's easier later to just be like, oh, I watched this thing that no one's talking about. And then yeah. just be like, oh, I actually did. Like I I went in with zero opinions because it's so like, I think nowadays it's so hard not to go in without some sort of opinion because you're never just going in blind ever anymore. That's, so yeah. that's where cult classics are born. You know, yeah, people have a weird expectation of something, and then it's like later, like the uh, uh, the Speed Racer movie. Everybody loves that movie now, but when it came out, it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, but very true. It just had it had to age, and I would take somebody probably who's like watching it again and be like, "This looks pretty good." And yeah. I think that's fair because I think it is. It's just like that's it. Like I, I've never even thought about rewatching that, but I probably will now just to be like, hey, "Yeah, it wasn't like." was just going in expecting something you know well i think all the media around it was just like how sad is matthew perry right now and you're like and then i think yeah, when you go to watch yeah. it you're like how sad is he i don't know and then you're watching it and you're like oh god so sad it's so sad yeah. <laughs> and i'll tell you now like my my opinion anyway being a the guy who says you know matthew perry was my favorite actor on the show his character was my favorite uh yeah it was kind of sad to see him but you know what like I was happy to see him because we don't yeah. get to see him anymore. You know, like even if he's not at his best, like I see him in there trying to do bits, even the parts where he's saying some kind of like, you know, revealing stuff. That's a little sad. Like, you know, they ask him like, Matthew, you know, what, what's the group chat, the group text like, he's like, I don't know. I'm not on there. Oh, yeah. uh, like it, it's, he's, de he delivers it in this rueful, but also funny way. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. The stuff about him that I've always liked. So um, I was more happy to see him than anything else, even though it was, you know, not at his best. Um, to me, uh, I guess a way to tie this in to you know, the structure of this podcast is that the reason I watched it is because I finished season 10, episode 10, the one where Chandler gets caught and uh, was deeply unsatisfied with it because it was a clip show. <laughs> oh, That's man. what Paul what told me today. Yeah. I didn't realize Cause I only got to like seven before I was like, Oh, I've seen them all. So I'm not, I'm not going to be like struggling if I don't rewatch them. But like I, uh, Paul texted me and said, it's a flashback episode. And at first I didn't know what you meant. Like, Cause you said that. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And I was like, Oh, he means it's literally a flashback episode. So well, I was like, Oh, yeah, well they do. They have flashback episodes, right. That are actually like yeah. content. And those yeah. are great. Like everyone loves those. This is a clip show where they just show. Yeah. Old clips That's true. Time. This is, it's a flashback to earlier episodes that they're like remembering it, I guess. They're not, they don't really have any sort of like wrap around. It's just like they're sitting there. Did they not? I, I thought it was, it's not the one where they're buying the house. It's the one they're it buying the house, a, right? 
It is the one. Yeah. But don't they have? Don't they? Aren't they getting like the Joey room and Dakota Fanning's there? Is that a different episode? No, no. This is literally they they do this whole opening thing where it's um, Chandler's cheating on Monica. She, he's getting. I remember the car that with this lady. And yeah. They, they drive off. They look at the house, and then the friends all confront Chandler uh because they're which like, is so funny why do they confront chandler so much every time they hear a little thing even though he's never seemed like the kind of guy that's going to cheat on monica ever like i know that they wanted to write that into the script at some point but it didn't happen yeah. but it's like that character is never like if i was friends with that guy i would never initially assume that he was cheating like right. but they all seem to even though they know him so well they're like oh Chandler, like, and then it's the uh, Joey does the same thing with Monica, who also seems like the biggest non-cheater. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of like, oh, why are we assuming immediately these cheat, like these people are cheating without any sort of like confrontation at all? To be fair to Joey, (laughs) in the next episode, that is pretty suspicious. It is only a few that she was she was not wearing much. There was a man in there. She like he was sure there was a man in there and like but why but i think joey is on the level joey's on the level with monica where he would confront her on that not just be like that's fine i'm gonna leave now but he tried no i don't okay i don't think so (laughs) no i'm on joey's side here and then he he tells chandler he needs to come home yeah and uh (laughs) then he figures out It's very it's funny, funny that. that oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just saying, it's very fitting that that season ten, episode ten, which I do think it's uh, remarkably funny that just purely by chance, the way that we decided to structure this show ends with a clip show. That's so funny to me. Yeah. Um, but it's very funny to me that it also that it's so forgettable that we are now fully into season nine, episode nine, <laughs> the one with Rachel's phone number. That's true because it's yeah we're not we're not talking about this clip show one because it it didn't do anything they have done that several times where they'll do a flashback episode or they'll do a um they'll do a clip show episode but they'll like the one where Ross is trying you know does his whole like the the history of Ross and Rachel as he's doing something with Emily yeah they have great flashback uh, episodes where you like learn new information I I guess I. I must always skip this episode because I guess when you told me that it was a flashback episode and then said it was about the house, I thought it was when Dakota Fanning's the little girl in the house and like him and Joe or her and Joey are like reminiscing. Mm. And then he, she's like, and then he finally, she finally gets him. They, I think they get each other to be okay with her leaving the house and Monica. Also, what does it make sense? I know you guys didn't watch this episode, so you might not know what I'm talking about at all. But in that episode... Rachel and Chandler are viewing the house with Joey to get him on board with them going to that new house. Why is Dakota Fanning there? Like they make the joke later where he's like, I talked to the little girl and she told me that she liked like the house. And then Chandler makes the joke. There was a little girl that lived here, but she died. But the the adults don't seem to be there. Why is Dakota Fanning there? I don't remember this episode. Oh, okay. I mean, I but, remember it, but I don't. I don't remember enough to. It's like, just funny to think back on now because it. it doesn't make any sense why there'd be a little girl in her room when when these people are yeah. touring their house. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we can go back to episodes we talked about or we watched. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this <laughs> the phone number one, um, season nine, episode nine. Oh, hold up! Hold up! We did. We only talked about the the um, pilot for like a second. 
Okay. I feel like we've talked about the pilot for like 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. Joe, no, God. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> well, not only that, but then we had already jumped into a conversation about we've been talking about 1010 for a while. Like, why are you suddenly jumping us all the way back to the pilot? All That's right, what I want to know. <laughs> both of you aside from my head forever. Um, I had other things written down that I wanted to touch on. So just let me touch on them and then we can go to your fucking episode, okay? Hit us. Anyway. I'm going to just breeze through these because these were my notes. But first of all, I think it's weird that, first of all, Monica was not invited to the wedding at all, which they kind of cover with her, like them drifting apart. But they also say like, um, like they're also close enough where like she was like warmly greeting her when she came in. We don't have to go back into this. The moment's passed. No, we can go but... back into the other one. Kelly, the pilot is <laughs> the most important. It's the most important episode of the show. The show would have not gotten picked up without it. You have thoughts about it. Hit us with those thoughts. You guys don't have to be nice to me now. I don't need it. <laughs> well, it's just very That's... funny. To me. The, the pilot is a perfectly thing to dwell on because to me, like, I thought we talked about the breast milk one about as much as it deserved, which is to say <laughs> much uh season 10 episode 10 didn't really deserve all that much talk and we didn't talk about it very much but like the pilot you know it's pretty huge you're right though i think i did cover everything that i need to cover i just had these <laughs> notes where i'm just like i have all these fucking notes and then now <laughs> i'm like, like you know what i don't think my notes really mattered that much so i think we're all growing and we're all changing and i think it's all good <laughs> yeah I, it was funny to me that they, it's it's not explained well enough why Monica wasn't at the wedding based on how or, close I understand it's like it's a pilot so they weren't like they weren't sure on that relationship and there's a lot of flexibility with the reality of friends like we were talking about earlier where there's an episode where Joey's supposed to be younger than Monica but he's the oldest at the yeah. end of the show like it's doesn't and this is just sitcoms like it's like if i need your birthday to be in august one episode and june the other episode that's what it's gonna be like yeah it's it's not that stuff it doesn't normally bother me it was just very funny as like a character development that she she knew exactly where to find monica so how far off could they have fallen that she seems to know exactly where monica is monica greets her very warmly like if it was a friend that like i had some kind of like very distance i don't think i'd greet them with like a hug and then be like rubbing their shoulder while i'm introducing them like that seemed very that's very like um like that's a loved friend so it's i thought that was a very interesting thing and then like right after that like um rachel just moves in with monica so it's like uh, of course they had like this very strong relationship while they were in teenagers but just thinking any any person that I could put into my like into that situation from my life wouldn't make any sense and I just would not let them move in with me so I'm just like this is so bizarre yeah Uh, I I will say watching it I mean obviously I've seen it a couple of times now many times probably uh watching it most recently and again as the more casual viewer the way I read it was first of all it came off as a, a coincidence to me that Rachel showed up at the same place that uh, Monica frequents. Like the way to me, it was played as like this very unlikely coincidence that that's where they met and like allowed for this for the reuniting of their their friendship. Okay, uh, ho- but hold on, Joe. But why would she like she ran into the coffee shop? 
Why would she, she be was, in full wedding gown, like running into a, like a establishment like that? She wants a coffee. She wanted. She didn't coffee. seem to want a coffee. <laughs> she didn't seem to know what she wanted. I I don't know. <laughs> uh, it seemed except she didn't want Barry. Um, <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. I'm just saying like it to me, it was, they were just kind of like, this is our, you know, inciting incident. It, it kind of strains credulity a little bit, but it's also, you know, sitcoms. So like, let's just have fun with it. was kind of the way. I'm going to, I think I'm just going to spend all day tomorrow, just bursting into establishments, seeing who my next five close friends are going to be. I went, yeah, I went to a, uh, uh, whose line is it anyway? Concert. Concert? Are they concerts? They're not concerts. No. They're <laughs> show. They, they, they show. could be. They could be concerts. And I, I ran. <laughs> I guess into, yeah. Uh, Wayne could make it a concert. <laughs> I ran into a friend I hadn't seen or spoken to for ten years, uh, who was my best friend in high school, and we haven't talked since. So that happened who, to me. <laughs> who was it? It was Andy. The joke was oh. that it didn't work the same way, but oh, okay. Off of, well, so. I apologize. I'll just so uh, this didn't actually happen to you. No, it did. I'm just saying, like <laughs> I've walked into a place and there's a, a guy. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've I've like gone places where people that I knew in high school are at, but I don't. I wouldn't greet them that warmly. I think yeah. is Especially is what I'm confused well, about. Neither of us went to either other's weddings either, so that's true. That's bullcrap, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let him live in my house and like figure his life out. Even though Again. Happily, happily married. <laughs> I, it's funny because Andy did live in our house. Anyway. <laughs> um, We're going to let that, that sit for that as long <laughs> as possible. We're going to let that just hang in the air for all of our... They're like, great, they're talking about people we don't know again. Like, I, I think we already did. I think we went into like crazy detail with that before and we had to like scrap the whole episode because we kept talking that. way into detail about everyone in our life. We had the episode where we're just like, we're done. And like, we didn't talk about the topic. Like... We just talked about nothing. Like, if anybody listens to this, like, I don't know what this is. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what any anything they're discussing is about. It's just like a phone conversation between two people. Uh, yeah, but that's our show sometimes. So I apologize. And also, I'm not sorry because uh, <laughs> it's a good show. For, good what show. Worth, for what it's worth, I, after Kelly mentioned that Andy did live in your house for a time, and then there was dead silence after that. I just assumed you and Kelly were both experiencing PTSD. Uh, the time <laughs> Which we, pre- we pretty much were. So. Or we were having a clip show. We were leaving space for the clip <laughs> <laughs> We all bounced back. Yeah, yeah. Paul's, Paul's friend Andy lived in our house when he was like a senior in high school, I think. Yeah, but we're not t- discussing this <laughs> on the <this> show. <laughs> this way lies deletion of the podcast, so... <laughs> We're getting too much into this. It's just editing work for you. <laughs> oh, I, I don't edit it out. You were the one that edited it out. So now Andy's just waiting for this podcast to come out. And he's like, they're going to finally talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's please move on. <laughs> please. Um, what's next? So, yeah, any more thoughts about the pilot before we move on? No. Good. Good pilot. You know, <laughs> well, you're, you're such a liar. Uh, 
but I respect the hustle here. You're like, no, I don't have more thoughts. 45 pages of notes. <laughs> I do have more notes, but it's it's not going to help anybody. <laughs> it's all just quite it's all questions i texted you and you answered me anyway so it's okay <laughs> ross uh does now there's a whole thing later on where rachel's like you didn't have the goal to ask me out and he's there like well everyone's a go out sometime like pretty quickly establishing that he is interested in her okay would date her uh if given the chance <laughs> He doesn't okay, ask I like, I like how you describe that because that's how that was my feelings on that when that happened. Okay. So Ross, he does take that, which is so fun. Like it's it's so funny that this happens this way because mm-hmm. in that episode, he does he says to Rachel, um, I I might like to ask you out in some point in time. And she goes, I'm I might be interested in that. And she like kind of plays onto it. So he he put that there. Mm-hmm. And then he did nothing with it and then gets That's mad true. that she thinks that he's like, uh, of course she assumes he's not interested anymore. He put that out there boldly. Yeah. So like, so she, he said that. And so she's like, oh, if he liked me, it would it like, he would say that to my face because he did. And then he decided not to ask me out ever yeah. after that. And then we're supposed to feel bad for Ross because she never like reciprocated the feelings that she never knew existed. Yeah, and he's very much later on, like, I don't know, his whole thing with uh, the characters that we haven't, we won't see in these uh, episodes we watched, but uh, what's his, is it Pedro? Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, uh, Paolo. Paolo. Um, He's very, they're both very, um, okay, let's talk about an episode we did watch. So this (laughs) is 2-2, and this is where um we have rachel kind of pulling some ross stuff so you're right ross doesn't do anything but then what does ross do he gets over it uh he he moves on he goes to china for a little bit he meets julie um and he comes back and he's in a very committed relationship with julie uh kelly and i at least have have agreed uh that uh, ross and julie are pretty good together um and it does seem like compared to i kind of like that they do this but ross his infatuation with Rachel, it does seem sort of shallow and it mm-hmm. always seems kind of shallow. Um, they work better as, as sort of like they're, you know, they're not interested in each other, they're friends. But when they try to start dating, Ross gets kind of immature about it. He's not like this with with Julie. We only really Yeah, it's the only relationship now. he goes like full jealous crazy on. Right. Because every other relationship that Ross has seems normal and like healthy. And then as soon as he gets back with Rachel, he's like, who was she fucking talking to? But he would never do that to like <laughs> Mona. He would never do that to Mona or Julie or Emily. None of those characters. He would never do that. And he also like does everything that he can to make those relationships work, which he doesn't seem to do for Rachel either, which is very bizarre. Yeah, he like listens to them. <laughs> and like Rachel's like, listen, buddy, you got to stop doing these things. Yeah, like, we're fine, but you really need to stop doing this. And he he's like, I'm gonna do it even harder. But like every other relationship, he's like fine with it. But this is the instance where it gets turned on its head a little bit. And Rachel is incredibly like the way that she acts around Julie, the way that she expects Monica to act. That's um, like we talked about this briefly before, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very unreasonable for Rachel to assume that Julie and Monica wouldn't have a relationship. 
Because they're naturally going to, because that's right. that, uh, like, because potentially Julie's going to be your sister-in-law at some point in, in this, in this like trajectory right now. So like, of course, Monica's going to have dinner with Julie and go shopping with Julie and get to know Julie as well as she can, because that's going to be someone part of her family at some point. And then Rachel's treating it like this big betrayal, but it's like, no, because like, you're not dating my brother. Like this person is so right. And it's I like, thought it was yeah. very normal. It's very normal. Joe. Uh, we, we've been yelling at each other for a while and you haven't said anything. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we weren't <laughs> talking over it. <laughs> uh, no, we, we touched on this episode uh, a, a little further back. Um, and really, <laughs> my only thoughts on it are that um, Rachel has never looked more Rachel. And she mm-hmm. will never look more Rachel than she looks right here. Uh, in this episode she's got the hair she's got the the, the outfits uh this is like what everyone thinks of uh at least in terms of like dunderpates like me what we think of when we think of like rachel from friends is like this particular look um and joey's pretty on point too which is nice considering that the pilot his hair was a disaster um <laughs> not, not that he didn't look phenomenal in it because he did because he's matthew leblanc um but uh, like he looks much better with the the short kind of you know spiky hair that he's got going on here. Uh, fun Joey B plot where he's like uh, he's a, a, a cologne salesman and oh, he's yeah. getting, he's getting alphaed by some other guy in the department store who wears a cowboy outfit. Justin uh, Thoreau. How do you oh, say that Justin Thoreau? Yeah, Damn, I didn't recognize him. That's dope. Uh, yeah, ending with a, a a showdown where Thoreau in the all black cowboy uniform, and then of course Matt LeBlanc in the all white cowboy uniform, uh, <laughs> showing down together. Um, and the other thing I will say about this episode is that I really do enjoy the way that the Joey Chandler dynamic is already one thousand percent, one million percent figured out. Like, yeah, they feel like such a good duo. Uh, a good supportive set of like you know bros um i i made a note of that too i just wrote i like joey and chandler have paired off from ross basically ross is now like um i feel like ross is now like a separate character that was like part of this but i think that they do pair off very quickly and i don't even know if this is the intention but intention but like chandler and joey are to get like they're they're always going to be like supporting each other and i feel like it's going to be the same with rachel and monica and then i feel like phoebe and ross are like these extra characters that are like anything you guys need like we can help yeah yeah this is a very dumb thing to um key in on but as somebody whose name is also you know joseph uh one of the things i really like about matthew perry's uh you know performance as chandler he's the only guy who will call joey joe uh and I just yeah. love, yeah, like when Joey's going through yeah. something or whatever, you'll see Chandler be like, what's going on, Joe? Like, it's just like this very like casual way of um, uh, showing the audience that you have like this close bond with somebody that you call them something that nobody else, you know, calls them. Um, well, it, the only other time, because people do call him Joe, but they're only calling him Joe when they're talking to him like he's a child. Yeah. Like, they'll be like, um, Joe, like... 
you can't like you're misunderstanding a pretty basic thing like it's something like that but he's the only one that does it like affectionately like as far as like this is just what i call you you know i'm right. talking to you like you're my friend and yes. i call you joe it's very that's nice. true i never noticed that that's sweet it's also I really like it telling that that matthew perry is like he, he's coming in as sort of the fun side character and then develops like two of the best relationships on the show like monica and chandler and chandler and joey are like the thing is like nobody doesn't like those things about the show yeah um and it's just the fact that he was coming in and was like you know he wasn't really mm-hmm. supposed to be much like obviously he's supposed to be in it but just not to that level and to to end up that way is pretty big and and stepping back just slightly to the the showdown with the ombre man um i do i do super like first of all you don't really get in these like maybe the first two seasons i think is the only time you ever get the characters just doing their own thing by themselves somewhere that doesn't happen very often later in seasons it's always going to be either two or three paired like together so the first couple seasons are the only time that you see like one character just doing their own thing completely separate from all the other characters but i do love his showdown with the ombre man and I, I, I also the the actual showdown where um, Justin Throw accidentally sprays the guy in the eyes, and then he just yeah. breaks down. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm such a doofus." Yeah, he says, "I'm such a doofus." I love that line so much. <laughs> That's a perfect end to that. That's a fun uh, B plot. That's a good. It really line. was. <laughs> and then he get he gets the girl at the end too. It's and then they like walk out into the sunset. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a delightful. Um, <laughs> what is three three? Who's got the who's got three three? three? Uh, I have notes. Oh, it's when David Arquette guest stars. He's stalking Phoebe. Ah, yes. And the the jam. And Monica, yeah, the Monica is making jam because she just broke up with or Richard and her just broke up, and so she is going. This is when her character also. So up until then, up, I think when she's dating Richard, I think too, she's still supposed to be more like the unlucky and love girl. Mm-hmm. And then I think this is when her character kind of turns into like the uptight girl. It kind of shows with when she's mm-hmm. dating Richard, because like there's like those scenes where like she doesn't trust him making the bed and stuff like that. But it doesn't really go full on, I think, until pretty much this episode. I think she goes crazy with the jam and then after that, like on onward from here, it's like Monica is like a, has a little bit of a crazy streak, a little bit of a tight like thing. Yeah, she got because she got the bits. Like I feel like they what happens is they'll do something like Ross with his my sandwich. Like they'll have the moments where they're like, oh, it's funny when he does those things. Or maybe yeah. they, I don't know what was first, but like it, there's an episode where it's like, oh, it's funny when she's really obsessive about stuff. And when she's like, like thinking about crummies like it's always like little things like that and yeah. it is funny it's it's a, like it's a silly little thing that i think she does really well and like it's yeah. still i i think as we talked about ross i think monica does it really well where she's supposed to be like this like uptight like person that has like is extremely clean but she's also extremely likable like no one ever just mm-hmm. is like i hate monica no one hates monica no one hates even monica. though like if you if you were like around that person all the time you're like i might not like that person but no one dislikes monica like you would get along you would get along you would get <laughs> along a lot of people you personally hate monica <laughs> <laughs> um 
but yeah she's making she's making a lot of jam she's still sort of like i don't know i I still see a lot of those like the season one and two there but it's definitely changing and it's it goes like full on that these yeah she's she's gonna get way crazier but like this is like the the beginning of that yeah and yeah nice little uh she's trying to she's she's decided she's gonna have a baby and uh she's gonna do it by herself and her friends are like no (laughs) you can't do that this Uh, is a big joey episode for me too because i got we already talked about the subplot being phoebe and david or or david arquette are doing like that weird yeah yeah. she finds out that he's stalking ursula but had accidentally started stalking her and she's like trying Mm -hmm. to help him through it and so like she tells like the the people uh, uh her friends about this at the coffee shop and joey's pretty much the only one that's just kind of like oh well i guess chandler does it too because he's like not feeling better about malcolm but like joey's like uh you're not you're not gonna hang out with this stalker man like that's insane like i don't want my friend yeah. being with this stalker guy like he's the only one that's like pretty much blatantly being like no like you're not safe and then he's the only one too that like actually talks through this thing with monica yes. Yeah, which is very sweet like at the very end like he doesn't like flat out say you shouldn't do this he just like talks him through and he's like this is how i envisioned you he's like i think that you're gonna find someone great and this is who like i assumed you might be with and like i think this is what you want to and maybe you're Mm -hmm. not thinking through this he doesn't like flat out say you're being stupid he just talks her through it and i think he's pretty much the only friend that always takes the time to do that um chandler being that person later on but not in these first episodes but like joey's pretty much the only one through the whole season is that person yeah and that's so true about that ending you know i that because you've got you've got ross and you've got um, uh rachel who are just like telling her like and it's just like you know you most of us i I feel like function that way where it's like that doesn't work you know like that we find that to be it's just like oh you don't think so well you don't understand you know and then to like uh like to, the way that monica reacted i think was you know pretty realistic where it's just like she's sort of like she's not going to take that because nobody is asking her it's like well if you thought through this or like you know like just seeing how like feeling it out yeah. at all it's just straight to this very something ross does all the time anyway this straight to <laughs> confrontational sort of like you know, you're not doing this. No, this is a bad idea. And it's just like, Ross, shut up. Like, I hope she does have a baby <laughs> just so Ross can shut the hell up. And like, yeah, and then Joey sits down and and is just so nice about whether or not it's like whether or not he's like trying to do something. Like, I think he is just curious, you know? Like, yeah, he's or, not pushing her in any direction. I think he's just talking yeah. her through it, which I think is what she needed at that time. Like, she didn't need... I think that she was going a little crazy with this stuff because no one was really talking through this stuff with her. And then Joey's the only one that sat down and was like, tell me what's going on. And I think that's what she actually needed. And I think Joey's the only friend that actually reached out and did that. And I think that happens a lot throughout this entire series. Yeah. I like the jam. (laughs) Jam is good. Uh, I thought this episode was uh, very interesting to watch from a modern day perspective because it deals with Monica's desire to become a, a single mother uh, in a way that I think is pretty good. Um, 
especially, I mean, whatever, you know, Murphy Brown kind of uh, blazed that trail and very famously caught flack from uh, Republican uh, politicians for having a, a show, a sitcom where the main character decides to become a single mother. Um, but I thought the treatment of Monica's sort of struggle, but also like legitimate desire to want to become a mom in this was, was treated pretty well. And the, and the friends were generally very supportive of her in that. So I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I guess like, I mean, yeah, I just, I feel like she just, there wasn't any respect given to her for wanting to make that decision, at least from like, from Rachel and Ross, it seemed like they were just very much. That's fair opposed to it and sort of like coming after her um and not again it's just like not really discussing it or like even like taking it at all seriously or like thinking about what she wants or why she's there or like i just feel like they didn't really they just had their opinion about it and they weren't really interested in hearing what monica had to say I agree. Uh, For that reason, I think the show positions them as being wrong. Oh, for one hundred percent, and that's why I think you yeah. have the Joey thing at the end to yeah, sort exactly. of like tie that. It's like it, it wasn't. We're not saying like don't do this because like you know you shouldn't like every woman should have a man and like that 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 very like you know that ideal is the only thing. Like I don't think they want the show at the end is trying to tell you that's the message. I think by ending it on a note of like this is very much about what monica like a friend understanding monica and like what she actually wants and that right. not that it's not anybody you know what i mean like not that it's not anybody's choice because yeah i think any one of them knew that monica did not want to be a single mother like she, right. she wanted a baby but i don't think monica ever seem to express herself as someone that's like, I want to do this by my, like on my own. I do think that that's re like redone later with Rachel. I think that they kind of like reestablish her as like, Oh, she can do it on her own. Like she doesn't need, she obviously doesn't need Ross. So I think the show does a really like, I think it does a good job of like keeping that where it's like this character didn't make sense, but it might make sense with another character. Like I think Rachel makes sense as a single mother but I don't think Monica ever did just because based on what she wanted, not that she couldn't do it, but it's like, I I think if Monica had gotten pregnant, like just on it, like on a different like way, like she would have raised a kid, no problem. But I was like, I don't think that Monica would just intentionally go in being a single mother. I think she always wanted a person to like partner with and then, right like like but i think that they did kind of go back on that and then i think that they doubled down on it i know this is an episode on our list but they kind of doubled down on that when rachel's pregnant and she knows that she's doing it on her own and then they kind of reintroduce joey's sister that's in the same situation and then they kind of like put that to joey's test because they're like oh joey's reacting very differently to his sister having this baby because he's like she can't do it like she has she she has heavy support oh, yeah. man and then he and then Rachel's standing there like, excuse me, I'm doing the same exact thing. He's like, you're different. But and then like he kind of has to like figure out like, oh, these are yeah. the same situations. So I think that's when he's challenged with that later on. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. process a lot. The only other thing I, I kind of noted about this, which is kind of off topic, because you don't really see Ursula much in this episode. But I do think Lisa Kudrow does an amazing job of di- like 
making Ursula a completely different character than Phoebe to the point where I honestly believe sometimes that they're two different people. Because yeah. I was watching this episode, but you only see Ursula for like a split second because like the whole episode is just Phoebe like um, getting David Arquette's character away from Ursula. So the only time you actually see Ursula is when they're on the subway when um, Phoebe is trying to prove that he's still following her and she like walks by. That's a completely different person to me. And kudos to Lisa Kudrow because like, <laughs> I'm just like, why did she only come in just to walk? And I'm like, because she's fucking Lisa Kudrow, you idiot. Like <laughs> she's already there. She does. Yeah. <laughs> right. They didn't, they didn't have to hire somebody else to come in or have them come in. It's, she's also in the scene as another character. <laughs> she was in the whole fucking episode, you idiot. She yeah, didn't yeah. do it. She does a great job. Uh, it is like it's like I I know I know that she does not have a twin, uh, Lisa Kudrow, but I'm like I'm I'm I buy it every time. I'm like I do too. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I do the same with Ross and Russ. I'm sorry, David oh, uh, David Schwimmer can do it too. Sometimes I'm like, is Russ a completely different guy? I have no idea. Russ, <laughs> I wish we were talking about the Russ episode because <laughs> I love Russ. And I, just... I do love Russ. <laughs> do you remember Russ, Joe? I do not actually. Russ is a guy that Rachel dates after she breaks up with Ross, and he's supposed to be just like Ross, but he's cre- he's credited in the credits as a different name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's he's just David Schwimmer in a wig. But there are times where you could convince yourself that this is a whole other man, and the yeah, whole episode but- is them trying to convince her that he's exactly like Ross. And then she's like, no, he's a completely different guy. But then they get in this argument that it's it's all funny. But like, I the whole time I'm just kind of like, is that not Ross? Am I wrong? Or did they hire somebody like I know really, really similar? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, <laughs> like uh, he's got the James Spader hair, which is doing a lot of work. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he does look weirdly different enough, you know? Yeah. Like, the mouth the mouth is his lips are a little different and, and he acts different enough it's wearing, weird he's wearing a prosthetic i think he's wearing sure oh uh, is he knows yeah i'm pretty sure the ears are, are bigger as well um yeah. but it's it's all pretty subtle stuff just enough to throw yeah, it off yeah yeah i thought and it, it did it worked <laughs> Because I even, I think I, the first time I watched the episode, I watched for the credits to be like, am I wrong? And then the credits threw you too. Hey, and I'm ooh, like, yeah. what the fuck? And they that was before to, yeah. the internet. So it's like, yep. you can't just Google it. So for the longest time, I was like, Russ is a completely different guy. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing you looked up on the internet when you got it, when you had <laughs> access, <laughs> is Ross Russ. <laughs> somebody tell me (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's enough about that episode let's go to the next one the fun with ballroom dancing Mm. which we kind of touched on earlier because i think this is another one where they they make some gay jokes like i think monica's the one that makes the gay joke here but like um so in this episode initially rachel is um supposed to take the trash out for the first time and she goes to take it out she she meets trigger in the hallway who had just finished unclogging the whole garbage chute with uh pizza boxes and then he watches her shove hers in and try to walk away and then he yells at her and she comes back and then she's crying because she says that he almost killed her it was a horrible (laughs) experience 
And then Joey goes to yell at him where he um, decides to shine light on the fact that uh, Monica is illegally subletting her apartment. And then he's going to throw them out unless Joey decides to ballroom dance with him. And then that's where this episode goes into. I'm just laughing at the French. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah. The, the whole Rachel thing was funny because that kind of comes out of nowhere. But I do love Monica's reaction to Rachel. Where it's like at first, like she like go, she tells her to take the trash out, so she comes back, and then she comes back. And he goes, "Well, if you're gonna cry about it," she goes, <laughs> yeah. and then at, right after that, like Joey's like, "He made Rachel cry." And she goes, "Rachel always cries." <laughs> it cracks me crying. up every time. I love that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, well, I don't know why we're not. This one's a. Uh... This is a classic. You got Joey dancing with Trigger. It's very nice. Yeah. You know? Very nice. Yeah. It's a, it's a good episode, especially coming at it, like I said, from somebody who didn't watch every episode 15 times or whatever. Um, this one's fun. I like that. Uh, yeah, Monica makes her little jokey joke about, you know, homophobic stuff. But um, the episode is about Joey jumping in with both feet into this yeah. thing. But ultimately, I think yeah. it's sort of fighting against that homophobic um, urge or whatever that was pretty frequently seen on TV. The weird thing about watching any show, you talked about The Simpsons earlier. This is the same one. Like you are watching writers who are in an absolute blender um, from a cultural standpoint because they are getting, you know, this is a time where like leaps and bounds are being made in, uh, you know, representation for uh, the LGBTQIA uh, uh, community, um, but still also having like these, you know, terrible, uh, uh, you know, conservative people trying to claw back those those advances, you know. Um, so I think you are seeing like in sort of like Kelly, you were talking and Paul, you too, I think about like the the way the show can kind of like turn the homophobic joke on or off kind of depending on the episode you're talking about. I think it's just reflective of like where we were at as a culture, like, yeah, like we people were things were changing rapidly, and that was reflected in how these things were, you know, talked about on the show. Anyway, um, yeah, I, thought, I agree. Uh, yeah, I right. agree with that. I just think that, like, and that's why I called out that recent episode. And I, yeah, I don't think we really talked about season eight is before we all were together talking about that. So I, I don't know. Um, that my takeaway is as as much as that, you know, I, I like that episode um i think that it's clear who wrote that episode if that makes sense and it, you know even if they have john waters like kind of happen to come in and be like guys you can't say the f slur like you can't and um then not being aware of that and it's just it's not that it's bad and i understand that obviously they're coming like we're um you know just starting to get to a time when you can talk about that at all and it's going to be clumsy and i'm not you know, even saying it's like a problem that it's clumsy because it's going to be clumsy. You know, it's just kind of looking at it and like, I don't know, just a little bit deeper, especially now that we're like, we've seen much better examples of that. And just like seeing what they, you know, clearly what they, the mistakes that they made that anybody was going to make trying to talk about that, I guess, right? Well, like, I think I think what you're touching on or maybe what you're thinking about is like later on when, um we meet Chandler's dad. Is that what you're kind of touching on? 
I guess so. I just because yeah, that I, mean, I think that I I think what's interesting about that 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 wasn't one of the episodes, but like later on we meet because uh, Chandler always make references to his dad dressing up like a woman. And I don't think that he's, I don't think that his dad is supposed to be fully trans because he's still referred to as a man. And I think it's mostly a drag situation. I don't think it's, I don't think it's supposed to be fully like he's supposed to be a woman. But I do think that it's, I like that Friends covered that at all because they do cover it in a positive light. I don't think they did a very good job. Like I'm not like, oh, like Friends is so amazing for including this character. But I do think it's cool that they tried at all because they did yeah. they did put Chandler's dad as a, a drag queen in Las Vegas, but they did make him into a character that was supposed to be very accepted by the friends characters themselves. So like they they had this character, which Chandler and Monica initially we had only heard about him before. But then um, when uh, Monica demanded that he be like brought into the wedding which like Chandler was kind of like iffy on but then he was like okay but then they like go and then they bring this character into the actual like spotlight and then that's when it's kind of like iffy if they do a good job at all like uh, of course it's a it's like a a 90s early 2000s show they're not going to do perfect but I do think it is cool that they brought that character in at all and they also did it in a way where the friends were like very accepting of this character as they are yeah, and then obviously there's going to be parts of it that the joke is like Chandler's like trying to be more masculine. They call him out for it. And it's like, not that I'm like really even, you know, knocking the show for having these opinions, but it's just interesting to look at them now, you know, and how mm-hmm. much more how much more they stand out. Um, and I don't think like it's weird that we're talking about it specifically with this episode because it's such a small joke. That's yeah. more just like it's it's more of like a uh, well, <laughs> that's like you know a little stupid, but not anything that any of us haven't said in the past. So um, well, I, th- I think that it makes sense that we're talking about it with this episode though because it is a small joke. But then what happens for the literal rest of the episode is, uh, you know, Matt LeBlanc, a very like conventionally attractive, conventionally masculine man, is shown going in with full gusto, doing you know, playing this non like you know, he jokes later on that he doesn't know how to lead because he's always playing mm-hmm. like you know, like, but it, it, the show never says like he's less masculine for doing that. And I think when you're talking about media from this era, like you and Kelly are talking about, um, all you can really do is say, okay, on average, was mm-hmm. it better or worse than its peers? And if it was better, then you have to give it some credit, even if it's not perfect, you know? Yeah, sure. I, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, I've just, yeah, for this specific episode, I think it's cool that that Joey was given that opportunity and that he, we've talked about it before, that he, you know, whenever he needs to do that, it's like he doesn't, he's not pushing back against having to, you know, kiss a man on set. Like, it's, like, that wasn't the story. He was just like, this is my job. I'm doing this. Like, right. I'm not going to make it a whole thing. And Joey's very consistently like that. I think that I'm more saying, like, when, you know, if it comes up later where Joey is, like, suddenly doing that. It's a oh, little right. bit like, you know, for that, for me, I'm like, well, we've already established Joey isn't really like that. That's where I think more on a storytelling basis that it makes me uncomfortable, where it's just like, you know, obviously, again, it's a sitcom. Things change, you know, rubber band reality kind of stuff. Like, I accept all that. But at the same time, these little things that I tend to, you know, think are more important. Like, I don't care if a character's birthday 
changes 10 times, you know, or if the parents change or they have a sister one episode and they don't the next. That doesn't matter. It's more just these small things that like, well, that's not what the character does. That's not what the yeah. character would say. It's like, you know, Harry Shearer being like, well, like the this much later, like the writer's giving him something. He's like, Flanders wouldn't say this. I'm sorry. I'm not saying this. Like, it's those kind of things where it's just like, you're like, I just, you know, just kind of take me away from it. Cause like, I don't know if that, that doesn't seem like Joey. <laughs> That's not the yeah, Joey's, Joey's not judgmental. Like, yeah. I don't think, I don't think Joey ever judges anyone outside of like his own situation. So he's just kind of yeah. like, as long as it's not affecting Joey, it doesn't seem to ever matter. Like, in, in the sense that, like, it's something that would be, like, destructive to Joey in some way. But he's just kind of like, he just goes with the flow with a lot of stuff. And I think, yeah. depending on who writes the episode, I think that they just get that wrong every once in a while. Where it's kind of like, oh, we're going to make Joey have a homophobic joke. And you're like, Joey doesn't, it's, it's like Homer, like you said earlier. It's just like, yeah. he doesn't really do that. Like, he's just kind of like... I've already accepted that this is who I am. I don't really give a shit who anybody else is. And I think that that's a very, that's a very um, parallel, like um, personality trait between Homer and Joey. I think that they're very similar characters. And I think that that's a very similar thing between them. We're just kind of like, oh, well, they're very accepting of other people. And then they just kind of like go with the flow in that situation yeah. where they're just kind of like, I'm, I'm so solid in who I am that I don't really care if I'm in this situation kind of deal. Yeah. Like Homer is very much like, like he's got so many flaws, but that's just not one of them. Like, yeah. He's just sort of like, Oh, you're a person. Okay. That's, that's great. I don't really care. He just, I don't know. Yeah. He's um, just kind of like, I live at home with Marge. I don't really care what's <laughs> going on here. <laughs> I like Marge. But anyway, that's a that's a topic for our uh, another time, I guess. Um, but what episode are we talking about now? Four, four. We we have been jumping on so much. That I'm just gonna let you guys pick the uh, Joe pick the next episode. Okay. Uh, before we leave this one, I just want to say Mr. Trigger is played by Mike Haggerty, who's another one of those guys like uh, Fred Stoller, where you're like, I don't know who that is, but you do. You know. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've been kind of going more or less sequentially. Uh, before we before we move on do you know these people there's so uh, yeah no 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 this is joe specific do you know these people's names off the top of your head or do you look them up and then say their names fred stoller i did know mike haggerty i did not remember i had to look him up okay but he's one of those guys like look i know you like to make fun of me for giving credit (laughs) to our greatest character actors but i'm sorry one of my favorite people on the planet uh ever was a character actor um and he passed far too early um but miguel ferrera uh or sorry miguel ferrer is one of my favorite actors of all time and he's just one of those guys where like you don't know who he is until you look him up you're like oh shit i know the the (laughs) fuck out of this guy oh my (laughs) god do i know him and uh there is something very satisfying about those types of of actors to me um i appreciate that i'm not making fun of you i'm just genuinely asking if you already know their names because i am impressed if you do i'm always just like maybe i should learn more people's names (laughs) half the time i'm like well i just watched this movie and i don't remember half of the people that are in this because i yeah so anyway um, yeah i'm pretty sure it's like 
90% because of my uh my dad's like the the movies he had on VHS when I was growing up like all these character actors show up in like you know um 80s action movies and stuff like that so you know I'm I'm very uh attuned to them that way but also like uh some of them like Fred Stoller like I I swear to god if you listen to like comedy podcasts like you'll eventually hear somebody talking about like what a god he is um, <laughs> Well, like, I never know this stuff until, like, other people inside the industry are like, Fred Stoller's the funniest motherfucker on the planet. Like, you only know him from Seinfeld. Yeah, but he was a writer on right. Seinfeld, right? Like, he's not just, like, a guy that was funny on Seinfeld. He was a writer, like, peak Seinfeld. Like, he's a yeah. comedy dude. Yes, and he's very well respected. So that's I try to shout out the ones that I know, at least. Um and I'll let Kelly shout out the likes of, uh, you know, David Arquette and Paul Rudd. Uh, <laughs> those, those men. I, I really get the easier ones that, need, that don't need the shout outs. <laughs> Actually, why, Go ahead, why don't Kelly, shout out Paul Rudd. <laughs> well, why don't yeah, we... Yeah. Uh, why don't we jump around again and instead go to season nine, episode nine, the one with Rachel's phone number. We talked about it briefly, mm-hmm. but uh, Paul Rudd being in that episode is very funny to me because to me, no episode that we watched in this one through 10 structure hates Ross more than this episode. Hates Ross. <laughs> that like, is a very, so it's a very fun episode because like their whole, like their whole dynamic between Ross and Mike, like it doesn't, it's so funny because like, it doesn't work at all, even though it should, which is, I think why it's so funny because those two characters should be like friends but the fact that they're both destroying it without even trying is like making it so much more fun. I see. I, I like that reading of it. My reading of it is uh, like Mike is actually doing really, really good work. Like he's doing a good <laughs> job. I love the part where so Mike, who is played by Paul Rudd, is Phoebe's boyfriend. And she they have to he has to spend time with Ross while Phoebe and Rachel go out. Uh, Ross and Rachel work together. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? Ross and Ra- I just think it's but has to spend time with Ross. It's so true. It's, it's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> well, again, like I think that's how the show positions this whole thing. It, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. The idea is like the boy, you know, so in this case, uh Phoebe's boyfriend, you know, Ross and Rachel aren't together, so it's not Rachel's boyfriend, but like quote unquote the boyfriends have to hang out together, uh, whether or not they have anything in common because it's a girls' night and Phoebe and Rachel are gonna go out and have fun. Uh again, Ross and Rachel not dating, that becomes a uh important factor in this episode but um yeah it's really funny because like if you've ever been in this situation you know exactly how you know how it goes and how bad it can be mike paul rudd is doing a good job where he's like oh my cousin's a paleontologist or whatever and then ross's response is like well what a good conversation i'd be having with him yeah (laughs) you're such an (laughs) asshole dude (laughs) like you can It's funny that you pick that up, too, because, like, I think that Ross kills this initially at the beginning when Mike is interested in him being a keyboard player. Mike is interested. So, like, he brings that up. He goes, I'm a pianist. And then um, Ross says that he played in college. And he goes, do you have a keyboard here? And Ross just goes, no. And that kills the conversation completely. He doesn't bring any follow-up conversation to that at all. And then he's just kind of like, no. And then that ends. I'm sorry to have to defend Ross here, but I'm going to defend Ross that this was Mike <laughs> dropping the ball. What? Yes. No. No. Yes. No. Because <laughs> Ross comes in and he's interested and he says he played 
why would you be bummed that he doesn't have a keyboard there? He said he played, if he would have, here's the follow-up questions that Paul Rudd, uh, Mike, should have, could have asked, like, oh, did you, you know, did you play after that? What kind of keyboard did you use? Like, you know, what kind of music did you play? Like, okay. You know, no, 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 no. Before, do you hey, have one here? Because Do you have one here that he asked? Ross says, no, in the most the defeated, my- in the most defeated tone he could, to the point where Paul Rudd is probably not going to ask any more questions about it because no. that defeated tone means I don't want to hear any more about this keyboard. I'm sorry, that was, it was <laughs> Mike's tone that ruined it. Mike, Look. Mike was the one yeah. asked it as if it were <laughs> a deal breaker if he didn't have one, as if we don't. That ends the conversation. There's literally nothing else. I want to ask. I just want to know. You oh, you played the keyboard. Do you have one here? Okay, and- tiebreaker, tie, tie Joe. How did you feel about this in this conversation? Ooh, what a position to be in. Let me ask you <laughs> one question, Paul. Who's the host here? Who's hosting this little boys hangout? All right. It is on Ross to make sure that the conversation is adequately moving forward. It's on his home turf, and Mike is just trying to be polite and make convo. He brought beer. He brought the social lubricant. Now it's on Ross to actually play his part. Damn it! It was it was a bad call by Mike, but Ross was trying. <laughs> Ross came in well, and was. I don't think Ross was trying. He knew what he knew the talking points. He had his talking points. There's a lot of times where you have to kind of sit down and you say, "Okay, I don't know this person very well. Uh, I know these things about them. I'll lead in with that." And I I think that yes, it is Ross's responsibility, but he tried and maybe he gave up. Too soon, perhaps, but <laughs> it was Mike that that uh, Mike. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, if I was Ross Paul, and that that initial part of the conversation happened, so okay, so Mike said uh, Ross says that he played keyboards in college. Mike said, "Do you have one here?" Ross says, "No." Where is Mike supposed to go with that? Ross should have been like. Ross should have brought something back to the pianist part, is Where what I think. supposed to go with, do you have one here? No. Like, I mean, wait, no. Where, where are you supposed to go with it? Do you have one Then here? he like, should have been like, well, in college, I did this sort of things. He already tried to say it was in college. He made it. He didn't say, I played the keyboards. He said, I played in college. And it's just Well, like, he could have brought it back to that. Like what, what? What kind of music you? If he would have said, "You have one here," no, oh, you know, oh yeah, like no. I think that was. I think it was. It was Ross not anticipating that being the follow up question because I think that is probably like the tenth question. I think that someone would ask. Like that's that, okay. In that part, that is true. I don't think that my first instinct would be like, "Do you have one here?" I don't think that would be my first instinct. I think I probably would have been like, "What music do you play? What music did you play in college?" You know that leads to so many other com- uh, conversations. You talk about music, you start to get into music, you start to then realize you're about the same age, and then you're like, "Okay, there's other things we have in common. We don't have to, do- to stay here. We can go back a little bit." We can find things like that, you know, but the, you know, the actual, my... you know, the actual tie breaking vote though here is, is the show itself. Like the show makes it very clear that Mike is not bad at small talk or, or socializing. He's fine with literally everybody else. It's only Ross that he can't crack. 
And so Ross, Ross was just, if Mike is so good at it and Ross is bad <laughs> at it, then it's on Mike to pick up the fact Mike bails okay. immediately. In that point, I do agree with you. If it if it is very genuinely, Mike is the only one that knows how to have a conversation. Then, in that point, it is probably Mike's responsibility to make the conversation happen. He looked up loggers <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the ding dang. It wasn't a dictionary. What was it? Encyclopedia. <laughs> he did do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but it, I, it was kind of a weird because I don't know if uh, Ross has ever had problems like connecting with people before. So it's very funny that they just decided that these two characters couldn't just connect. Couldn't. <laughs> yeah, but I, it does it does work out very well because I do love the interception. Mike having to go back after he had already left yeah, and was like yeah. relieved because everyone knows that feeling when you leave a social mm -hmm. situation where you're like, I'm out, like it's done and I can go home. And then for whatever God knows what reason you have to go back in. I don't even know if I could handle that. But yeah, Phoebe calls Mike and says that he has to go back in and he's like, God, fucking fine. And so he goes back in, he has to like intercept the calls between like, because uh, in this situation, Rachel has given her number to a guy. So he's like trying to make sure that he intercepts the call when that guy calls. So that's that's the situation. But like it's it, at that point, it's very funny. Like it's a very good episode in that in that regard. It makes you like Mike so much because yeah, like <laughs> Rachel and Phoebe are out at a bar. A couple of guys are talking to them. And then Rachel's just kind of like, you know what? This guy asked me for my number. He's cute. Uh, me and Ross, I don't really know what's going on with us. Like, whatever. I'm just going to try it. And then sort of later decide that, like, that wasn't maybe the best move. And she doesn't want Ross to find out after all. So, yeah, Mike is left. Phoebe tells Mike, you got to go back and pick up, the, you know, whenever the phone rings. So Mike being like, okay, I will. I'm like, God damn, Mox. <laughs> like, yeah. he's nothing. He looks like Paul Rudd um but also it's very funny because like phoebe's like you have to go back in there and intercept the phone call and then uh rachel immediately says um uh and and if you do like she has to do whatever dirty thing you want to do um and then phoebe takes the phone back and she's like okay well she's she's right about the you know i'm fine with the dirty stuff whatever it's fine <laughs> uh and then mike says like how much dirtier can it get uh and phoebe's oh, like, mike. oh mike oh <laughs> mike yeah just a series of like interactions. That are like, <laughs> I love this Mike guy. He's so good. Mike is great. That is what's very funny about Paul Rudd in general, because like we all know that the um, conversation he had with the hot, uh, what is it? Hot ones. Is that the one with the, the chicken yeah. wings? Right. Yeah. He's on that, that interview with hot wings and like hot ones. And um, <laughs> don't it laugh at hot me. Wings. <laughs> He's on that interview and Nick, he talks about this because like he does find the humor in him being so far late into the game, getting into the Friends universe, but still being a main character because he gets to be Phoebe's main love interest. She's a main character and the rest of them are all marrying each other. So they're like all like in the same like situation and then like he just gets to be the one that's just kind of like, look at us. <laughs> like, yeah. how'd we get here? Yeah. <laughs> it, it works doesn't it like it, it I, really does they could yeah. really do no no better than getting paul rudd for that role like it was amazing yeah good choice there um 
But Ross was right. I think we can all agree with that. And moving on <laughs> to the next episode. Yeah. I, li I like that I had to take my headphones off for a second, so I didn't come back until you're like moving on to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Um, yeah, the, Ross was right, and uh, Mike should have never been there. And... Is that what we all agreed on? I think Mike should have been written off the show after this episode. Fantastic. What he did to Ross, the best <laughs> character in print. It is hard because I love I love Mike for Phoebe so much, but I hate that they bring back David, which is uh, Hank Gonzario's character. And they kind of like pit him and Mike against each other when we were all rooting, we were all rooting for David for for Phoebe. It's so I think it fair. hurts. Yeah. I think it hurts very much for them to put him and Paul Rudd's character against each other for this. I was like, why even bring back Hank Azaria? Like that's that's fucked up. It is funny that they had like two episodes together, but he seems like the big love interest for her, but it's like he yeah, wasn't in the show very much. I know, but they were like big episodes, and then Phoebe didn't really have that many love interests. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I, I think in that sense, it was like Hank Azaria was like her like big guy. Yeah, he was the except for maybe. Uh, well, then there's the two men that the book, the two sweaty dudes that are interested in uh, in Ursula more, or her other two sweaty dudes. Well, there's uh, <laughs> this dude. Um, the one I can't remember his name. <laughs> there's uh, Sean Penn, the sweaty. Uh -huh. uh, okay, that's that's all I got. Oh, are you talking about David Arquette? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't. I don't think those were big like, relationships. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like those are the other two that you remember. I guess for me, those are the two. And then there's the uh, dancer as well. Well, yeah, she had, but all her relationships were like one episodes because she, yeah, she had like Steve Zahn was the dancer. And then she had, um, like, she had, like, Alec Baldwin. Like, she had, like, one-off characters as her relationships. But she didn't have, like, full-on, like, relationships until, I think, Mike. Yeah, but she had, like, the ones that, like, they were one big episode, you know? And you felt... Yeah. Like they were all, yeah, I think like the episodes that Phoebe did have a love interest were big. Because everyone remembers Alec Baldwin, and you're right, everyone remembers like all those characters. But it's like they were all like one date. Mm -hmm. Until, I think David was supposed to be several dates, and that was Hank Azaria. Um, but David was supposed to be several dates, and like that was supposed to be like her person, then he had to like move to, where did he move to? Somewhere. I don't Somewhere. I keep wanting to say Yemen because that's where Chandler went, but I know that's I, wrong. I thought the same thing. So they... <laughs> Yemen. <laughs> we'll just say Yemen. Uh, we're both stupid. What's next? I think we're, we're probably wrapping up at this point. I don't think we need to talk about the rest. Clearly, we didn't <laughs> register that we Um... Yeah, I guess what I took away from all these episodes, I'll talk about what I learned, uh, which is that I think um, that Friends is a real special gift that uh, was given to us. And, uh, you know, <laughs> aces <laughs> all around. <laughs> is that your uh, Alec Baldwin impression? <laughs> <laughs> we are 
We are doing the season six, episode six, so dirty. Uh, it's a very, very good episode. That's uh, okay. We can we can cover it. It's okay. No, no, it's just very quickly. The one on the last <laughs> night. So the uh, the premise of this one is that Chandler is moving in with Monica, and Joey has like no idea how to do anything because Chandler's been handling all the stuff for their apartment, or paying all the bills and everything. So he's like slowly teaching Joey like that you have to pay bills monthly, all this other stuff. Anyway. Chandler very badly wants to give like $1,500 to Joey just to like give him some cushion so he can like get all this stuff done. And uh, in order to trick Joey into getting the money, uh, Chandler comes up with a, comes up with a game called cups and then uh, <laughs> loses to Joey. Like every single, it's like a card game or whatever, loses every single hand until Joey has the $1,500, which then Joey promptly loses to Ross also. Playing, <laughs> uh, which was fun. And then the B plot, <laughs> That's, that's probably the B plot. The A plot is uh, Rachel has to leave Monica's apartment so Chandler can move in. Yes. And so she hasn't packed yet. And th that, of course, freaks out Monica's more like, you know, uh, A-type personality. Uh, so they kind of like get on each other's nerves and get into um, arguments, which Phoebe is witnessing as the third person in the apartment. You know, Rachel's going to move in with Phoebe and Phoebe's like, I don't think I want to get involved at all anymore. Uh, anyway, those scenes were so funny with, I mean, everybody's being very funny in this episode, but, uh, Rachel and Monica like bickering, uh, and then Phoebe like slowly like dawning on her that like, she's like, I don't want to live with any of these people. Um, everybody's doing really good work. I think they highlighted it pretty prominently, not only in the, the, the clip episode, you know, the, the, um, the season 10 episode that we were talking about, that was a clip show. I think they also highlighted it pretty prominently on, the reunion um and i can see why because i think it is like a classic uh fun episode with lore yeah i just this is another one that i i was watching them not in order and i didn't watch this one again uh but this is a great episode it's so good every part of it is good um it's okay no go ahead no it's very fun to think back because like I, I i know we we've all had roommates in the past so it's like, I do miss that relationship because you have that person in your life where it's like, it's not a relationship, but it's like you live together. So you have like this special connection where you're like, you're going to have those kind of arguments, but they're not as serious as like a relationship relationship. And I do miss that because I haven't had a roommate in, in years now, but it's like that that was a very fun, like, it's not it's not fun at the time, but it's like, it's a very fun thing to look back on. Where you're like, I had all these, all these intense arguments with this person that were like very relationship coded, but were just because it's a person living with you in your house. Mm -hmm. That's just so fun to like watch those characters do the same thing where it's like these, that's a very relationship like argument, but it's a very friend coded way of doing it. I agree. I really like too that the specific flavors that they take uh in this particular episode like are very true to the characters themselves like uh monica and rachel kind of getting into like a pissing contest because their personalities don't totally line up right like right. they are com they're complementary in a lot of ways but in some ways they kind of they you know rachel not having packed the night before she's supposed to move out would drive anybody insane so you can understand why <laughs> monica, you know goes off the way she does but i i love that the joey chandler side of it is Chandler like trying to trick his friend into taking money from him? Like, <laughs> he's, 
very and it's all coming from a place of like being concerned about joey and like his ability to like you know just making sure that he's like gonna be as in good a position as possible it's just very funny too that like they're considering this move such a huge deal when chandler is literally just going across the hallway um but it's treated like this huge you know sundering that uh you know of, of this dynamic of theirs uh as though they're not going to see each other every day going forward anyway anyway uh yeah love that episode it, it was great it's very sweet too because i think that's shown too where i think chandler's very worried about joey and i think that initially like he does all these things to like make sure that he has the money but then like they have that very cute scene where joey's like the only thing i'm gonna miss is you like i'm not gonna miss you paying for stuff yeah and i think that that's something that chandler genuinely needed to hear it was like i i'm not gonna miss that you're just here to like pay for shit like i'm gonna miss that you're here with me yeah we stand uh emotional male friendship <laughs> I'm but not even it, joking. That rocks. That was nineteen. No, no, no. I, yeah, I, I genuinely, I heard you. But I like, hate, the, <laughs> I hate friends. I, I resent all my friends. Uh, I just sent them angry texts, and we <laughs> how much better it's been since we not spoken for a while. Like, man, I've just been so happy recently because I. <laughs> No, it's all, it's always very nice, and they do these they do these relationship coded things with the friends a lot, and they they always work like they do them all the time. But it's like it works, so why not? You know, they do, and the, it's true. I mean, like that's it's yeah, all yeah. very much stuff that you've like you've done in your in your life. Because like I don't know, while I was watching this, I were like I would like remember me and Mag being roommates, or like just me and Emily, sure, my yeah. sister in general, just like by growing up together. Cause like I could see like as soon as like they were like running in a circle around each other, <laughs> like that wasn't like something me and Meg ever did. But like you, that's a very sister experience. So like I don't know, it's very funny. Like especially on like TikTok, because people will be like, "You don't really understand until you have like a sister relationship. How insane you can be and still be normal." So like I don't know. Like I always think when I'm like watching this episode, like especially with them like having the boxes in their hands and running in a circle away from each other and like throwing shit in. I always remember me and Emily when like she tried to go out wearing my jacket, which is like a normal sister thing. People steal clothes. But I remember like my reaction to that being like she didn't ask me. And so like I confronted her. And then she was like, I don't have to ask you. Like, I'm the older sister. And then like, I sprayed her down with, like, maple syrup, which Whoa. is insane. It's Holy fucking shit. insane. But that's, that. that's a sister thing. And then, like, while I'm watching that, I'm just like, that's something that would, like, potentially happen between Monica and Rachel. Like, that's just how that works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what you uh, Yeah. <laughs> Like, in that moment, I was, like, a 17-year-old. But, like, it's it's just funny. Like, I don't know. I think it's funny, especially on TikTok, where you're, like, people are talking about, like, their sister relationships. People that don't have a sister or, like, are just, like, looking at that for the first time. They're just, like, that's just insane behavior. But you're, like, everyone else is just watching it, like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> you don't know how to deal with it yet. Yeah, they, they definitely uh, they have a good 
fun relationship those yeah days. and you so, knew it was going to work out like as soon yeah, as you, you see believe, yeah as soon as you see yeah. two people reacting that way to each other you're like those are like close personal friends like this is going to work out they're going to like remain this way there's nothing that they could do that you wouldn't believe it's like well this could resolve in in two minutes like i believe it could resolve in two minutes and when it yeah. does you're like yeah that's uh that's exactly what needed to happen <laughs> You need um, one person to go fucking insane and then one person to be like, all right, I fold and then it be over. Uh, I want to mention the the other five five. And I'm sorry if anybody has any other thoughts about six six, because it's funny to me that we were going to leave off two pretty <laughs> prominent episodes of this series. Like, um, final thoughts on six. Well, Paul, um, <laughs> Luckily for you, I wrote episode five, so I'm ready. <laughs> you wrote what? I just spelled everything wrong in my uh, notes, but I wrote episode five. Uh, Go ahead. In which, <laughs> what is this one called? Probably, let me guess. I'm not going to look at the title. The one where Joey finds out. Um, I'm trying to think of what the B plot is. I don't know what it's called. I didn't write, but yeah, Monica and Chandler are secretly together is the first thing I wrote. To, I wrote. Yeah. So this is one of the first episodes where I think this is the one where they go to Vermont together or they go to New Jersey. Can I tell you what yeah, it's called? Go ahead. Go ahead. Wait, hold on. Let me guess. What can you tell me what the B plot is? And then I'll I'll make my final guess. Yeah, the B plot. So this is this is five five, right? Yes. Yeah. B plot is that uh um Ross it, Ross's girlfriend Emily or fiance? Uh, whatever. Wife. Uh, wife. Full on wife. Oh shit! <laughs> Ross's wife tells him that she he, that she does not want him to see Rachel at all anymore, and okay. Rachel she's worried that she's gonna get phased out. So, dang, Kelly, what's what's your guess? Do you know? I I have no fucking clue, honestly. Guys, can either of you think of anybody else who has been phased out? The oh, the kips, the one with the kips. There you go. Uh, yes. I got there first. Fuck you, I know, bitch. but I was mad because I saw the title of it today, and I was like, yeah. I was like, ah, I can't. Which is um, funny because Rachel had to learn about that later, which she says in the episode, but she's like, the, the kips, and he's like, the guy that lived with Chandler before Joey, and she's like, yeah, I heard about him. <laughs> you ever see Kip in the series? Never. Okay, that's good. I like that. It's like Kramer's, <laughs> Kramer's buddy, Lomez. I like that you never see him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I like characters you don't see because you can just build things on top of them. The Maris thing, where it's like it doesn't matter what you say Maris is doing or what she looks like, right? You never see her. Um, but this is like this is one of my favorite episodes when I was a young man, um, just because I always thought it was really exciting when this happened when Joey finds out um, that you know I just I liked that like how they played it looking back on it re-watching it a couple times it's like they almost seem like they wanted to get caught with this because they have a lot of those like scenes at the table where it's like maybe you could have made your conference in vermont it's like what yeah. is this conversation what else would this be yeah like, and he's like i don't get there. i'm not in charge of where they sent me and she's like fine it's just like it just obviously it's it's a fun sitcom thing 
but it's just funny that it's like if you're watching two people have that conversation like it's like what would you consider <laughs> and they all like, throw it off kind of like because this happens a lot where they like um monica and chandler like say a bunch of things where like clearly they're dating but the mm. other friends are just kind of like that was weird anyway back to my shit <laughs> this happens again in this episode at the end so the whole thing is that um yeah yeah so they they're uh, monica and chandler are together now they're still it's hidden from everybody nobody in the friends uh cast knows and they're going away together and when they come back there's a couple things that they drop that's like they both saw donald trump at an elevator um monica's uh, eyelash curler was left there they found it and joe was like oh i figured it out and then they grab joey monica and uh, chandler grab joey they're all in the living room right now uh they go into monica's bedroom and close the door and phoebe and and uh phoebe and rachel, rachel? sit there no they questions sit there like oh <laughs> joey's like oh, like in, in shock <laughs> seemingly and they they're both like oh let's like just run in here real quick and they're both just like oh well you know just another day <laughs> <laughs> so they're, uh, well, they're, they're probably trying episodes. to steal joey into their uh, new yeah. friendship and this is the way they decided to plan it they were gonna wait till everybody was in the living room and then joey was gonna make some weird noises and um i just always thought that was funny but i like this episode still i think it's and rachel are as interested, as actively interested as like the animal furniture in Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> just in there like, it's a living while like <laughs> being like bound and gagged or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's I, I I enjoyed this episode a lot. It's very funny, Paul, that you led with um, I liked this as a young man because <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Um, whereas that the fact that like uh quote unquote you know like hookup episodes were always like very fun for me uh you know whatever like uh, there's a episode of Buffy where like it's all about Xander I think it's called the Zeppo um where like he and like Faith hook up and uh there's like you know Scrubs there's an episode where like Zach Brass character hooks up with Sarah Chalk finally um whatever like the the moment where the show actually like allows a relationship to happen or whatever right. you know like so going into this one i was like oh is this the chandler and monica like finally you know this is them you know getting their moment uh to like just have a good time you know be happy uh and then the answer is no uh chandler is <laughs> way too invested in watching television so i'm just sitting here uh in my young man sort of uh you know remembrance of how much i enjoyed these episodes being like chandler, the fucker. <laughs> i was like so mad at his behavior i know uh, Monica was right to be mad at him. Yeah, this was all Chandler's fault for. He was, it, yeah, <laughs> I think it did lead up to a very sweet revelation, though, yeah. where later, like Chandler was like, "Well, I guess this is over." Like, uh, obviously, like we had a fight, and then Monica has that that revelation of like, if, "If you assume we're done, then you'd never have a relationship longer." Then she's like, "Oh." like this this is what keeps happening to you so yeah. i did think that was very sweet where she was just kind of like no it's a fight like we have to work through it and then we're done with the fight like the fight's right. over yeah that was great i love that it's nice yeah it's 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 a nice like 
building their relationship and then it's just fun that joey finds out. it's fun when they all find out and it is because this is a good stretch here it's just a lot of fun at that point you do just want everyone to find out because you want you want rachel or not rachel (laughs) you want monica and chandler to be together at that point you're just Mm -hmm. like could people just fucking find out, please? And it is funny that they have Joey as the person that finds it out because in the other two episodes that we watched of of this stretch are Joey not picking up on any hints yeah. at all. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we, we, sh- we show Joey just being like, I didn't get that, especially with the cups. He's like, no one tried to give anybody any money and now this is over. But as soon as they're like, okay, Donald Trump waiting for an elevator, air, like uh, eyelash curler, he's like, I fucking know what's going on. And it's like the only time that Joey's like on the ball. And it's like. I guess he was already doing some detective work because he was very suspicious <laughs> of, of Chandler and what he was actually doing. He didn't believe <laughs> He didn't believe he was actually at a conference. Yeah, he thought he was on the gay cruise. (laughs) A gay cruise, even though a hotel call. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so great episode. Fun. But I think the the only thing we're skipping out on this episode, if we're talking about everything... Is that Ross is trying to phase out Rachel in his in his relationships in general. Oh, yeah, so yeah. he's married to Emily at this point, And he's trying to tell Rachel that he can't see her at all anymore. Which is an insane thing to have to tell somebody if they're that intertwined into your life. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. It's a big one. I don't think... That was- it was something that was it was never gonna work like if that if emily is that mad about the prospect of him even talking to rachel that was a relationship that was never gonna work but ross is still pulling for it because they're already married and he just wants a marriage to work but i think that there was never a time where he could have just been completely out of that group so it never made any sense Kelly, I love that you uh, uttered into existence the most cursed combination possible when you said Rachel and Chandler on accident. Oh, man. Can't think of anything worse than those two. <laughs> That's what's funny is that I think I, yeah. in my notes initially, I thought that uh, Monica and Joey would be a good couple. That'd be all right. That, yeah, was they, back in the, that was back in the jam episode where I'm like, he like he loves jam and she makes jam and that's a yeah. beautiful relationship. Yeah. They they that's like uh in one of the earliest flashback episodes that I saw that's something that they like make a point of that like when she first moves in they show the first day that she moved into that apartment and or maybe Joey moved in sorry uh, for the first time and saw and met Monica for the first time he was like very attracted to her like I thought that was interesting that they made they were that attracted to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think I still think that that's a relationship that could have worked. I do like I think that Rachel and I keep saying Rachel, Monica and Chandler were obviously perfect, but like and then they do try to make Rachel and Joey happen later, which I don't think ever made sense. Like I think it was like a fun thing to go for, but I don't think that ever was like ever going to be an actual thing. But yeah, Joey I, can't be with 
a core character. Joey's got to be with somebody else. I am. A well, I do. I do think that Joey would have worked with Monica. I oh, think sure. that I think so. if if Chandler never would have happened, I think that Monica and Joey would have happened. But I don't think any other characters really fit together outside of I think the forced version of Ross and Rachel, obviously. But I even don't really feel that that was a thing. So I do think that the only relationship that could have like fully happened were. Rachel and fuck, I keep fucking saying Rachel. <laughs> Monica and Chandler, and then Monica and Joey. I think that those are the only relationships that seem plausible in this scenario. Could you imagine Ross and Phoebe? No. That would be, a <laughs> that would be murder. You know, they do yeah. say they they're they're playing that game of like uh oh, yeah. sex or food. Like, what would you rather give up? And I think. Joey and Monica are the only ones who say they give up sex for food. So yeah, Kelly, they got they have matching uh, <laughs> priorities, have matching interests. Yeah. Um. Well, now let's. I guess before we wrap it up, if, if we don't have to talk about it, but there's we talked about every other one except for seven seven. What is wrong with seven seven? Uh, <laughs> what is wrong? It's. It's perfectly fine. It's the one with Ross's library book. So like Ross wrote a book. Oh, it's pretty boring. I looked at that one and decided I didn't even want to bother. I yeah, yeah. I just kind of like <laughs> I I breezed through it too because I started it, but I just went I skipped it for the next one. Cause yeah, yeah. it's Charlotte from Sex in the City. And it's right. like it's pretty fucking boring the whole episode. Yeah, the whole bit, the whole A plot, and it's a it's a more dominant A plot. You know, sometimes like the A and B are like kind of co-equal. In this one, the dominant plot is the A plot. It's Ross's book is in the library and he finds out that it's uh, in a place where people are frequently like hooking up because it's such like a boring area that nobody goes to. So he's like trying to bust everybody uh, who is having sex near his book. Uh, in the B plot is Rachel and Phoebe uh, meet this girl uh, who is Charlotte from Sex and the City, Kristen Davis. Uh, and they think that she's perfect for Joey initially joey's like lukewarm but then joey gets into it and then it turns out that uh the girl in this case decides that she's not into joey and it kind of breaks bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yes if rachel and phoebe learn from their meddling that they shouldn't <laughs> encourage their uh heterosexual male friend to like see <laughs> relationships because he might get hurt uh anyway yeah it's a pretty like down the middle episode yeah I, I, yeah it's I, not there's not very much there's not an interesting plot and there's not really an interesting interaction throughout the whole thing so it's kind of a it was a floater episode it's pretty unfortunate that it came up in these <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> yeah i um there are some classic ones in here there's some good ones um but that one is not good so that's... i guess i didn't even remember until i was looking at my notes but yeah janice is with monica and chandler during this episode which is the second episode that features janice in in these 10 episodes that we pulled which is funny yeah like because she's not in that many episodes but she was in two of the ones that we pulled for this this podcast mm -hmm. So um, in this episode, Chandler and Monica are like talking about their wedding and they accidentally, I think it's at the restaurant where um, Monica uh, um, gets in contact with um, Janice because I think she keeps sending back something or something. But she gets in contact with Janice and she learns that she's dating Chandler, she's marrying Chandler. 
and she gets herself invited to the wedding and they're trying to figure out how to like get her uninvited to the wedding which is very funny so i i always love janice i i think that janice is a great character and i do think that she was probably a great like connection with chandler outside of monica so i do love that she like just keeps get, getting like brought back so yeah. i don't mind it when she is but it's very fun yeah janice is nice janice is a good recurring yeah I, I i don't really get the hate like i i think it, it was obviously played up for jokes but like right. i think that janice was never an ugly person she was always a, a beautiful woman and she was always like a very like committed like character so it's just kind of like, I think the only thing that she had like against her was the voice. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> like, oh, no. It was like, oh no, she <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> I like that she dates Ross and then it's just like, you're too annoyed for <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. I'm glad that Janice got to reject somebody in this. Friend. And it was Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she rejects uh, Chandler once too. So. Does um, she? Yeah, because she's getting back together with her husband. And he's oh, like, right. Yeah, yeah. She's like, no, dude. I'm over it. <laughs> she's like, fuck you. I am a beautiful woman in New York, and I am just living my she life. Is. They gave Janice. <laughs> they gave Janice a good. I mean, she came back a few too many times, especially at the end there. But she, they, they gave her some decent moments. That's oh. true. They did make her annoying later. I think they brought her back way too much later. Cause like, yeah. cause she got that like initial like fully fuck you. I'm I'm out. And then like she like comes back as like their like almost neighbor. And then she like tries to go to their wedding. It's kind of like just let Janice go. Like <laughs> just yeah. let her live. She's had <laughs> her moments, and it's not so funny or surprising anymore when it happens. It's just like they just ran out of things to do it's just like have janice pop up yeah please don't have janice pop up <laughs> um okay well that's all of them do we have anything it's just i guess uh we're probably all pretty cemented in our mind who our favorites are but this did this rewatch uh change anything or so my favorite my favorite is joey as always well, who's your least favorite <laughs> My nice. least favorite was Raw, so obviously everyone's okay, okay. least favorite. I'm was just Ross. curious. I, I figured, <laughs> but I just yeah. I I started as a Chandler man, and uh, I'll die a Chandler man. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like least favorite is gonna be Ross. I think for a lot of people, <laughs> just by default, it's hard. <laughs> I know it's just so tough. Like he he has so much to overcome, and Phoebe like <laughs> <laughs> for real though. I know um, he does. <laughs> yeah um i I will say that for somebody who would consider himself probably ambivalent about this show during its original run uh i remember watching it a lot with like girls uh because they wanted to watch and be like yeah okay fine um this time around i am much more appreciative of the craft particularly of the cast i think the writing is good i think the cast elevates it significantly um and i am very very impressed with how well put together they all were for being like pretty, you know, relatively young when they were first cast for the show. Um, they held together remarkably well, I think, given their uh, enormous stardom that came from this. Um, and I like all of them, all the actors. Yeah. Um, so I'd say my favorite is Joey. And the only reason it's not 
Chandler, I think, is because of the whole uh, Chandler uh, and Joey's girlfriend thing. He, he's, he just had one thing that happened, and no fault to, to Chandler. He worked through it, uh, but it just puts him a little bit behind Joey because Joey didn't do that, really. Um, <laughs> and the uh, one thing Joey didn't do. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If we have to rank them, they're really close. But if I have Wait, to yeah, it is funny. The other one. I think growing up, growing up watching this series, I was a Chandler person forever. Yeah. And I don't think it was until I was like rewatching it as an adult where I was like, you know what? Joey is like the full package. So like, I think that was when I was like, all right, that I'm a Joey person. I don't know. I did switch to Rachel for a while because I think, but I do think Rachel has a lot of faults too. So I think Joey's the only one that was like, just Foley is just kind of like, just like a friend's friend. Like, yeah. he's just kind of like, I'm there for everybody. And I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to keep living. Kelly, I, I know, I know that you're not doing this, but to me, it's very, very funny to be like, but you know, later in life, I thought to myself, you know, who's got something going on? Uh, <laughs> the, mo- the guy who's a model. Uh, <laughs> I think he's all right, you know? Okay, I say this not even thinking that Joey was that attractive. Like, I was like, I I think that he's a good friend. Like, he doesn't even seem like that person that's like, oh, he's the hottest of all of them. I think that he's the best friend. I feel you. And that's what I'm talking about. He's the best friend only because, you know, Chandler, we all make mistakes. No hate on Chandler. But Joey, you know, he didn't do that. So <laughs> Joey wins the race. And I'm also much a uh, I'm much higher on Phoebe after my last rerun because I like that Phoebe Same. starts to hate people. Like she's just like, well, you Phoebe, yeah, I don't know. They're a little ridiculous. Phoebe gets so fucking mean though. Yeah. Like it's like she like makes this change because she like starts as like this like um hipster girl. Uh-huh. Where it's just kind of like, oh, I'm just like saying anything that comes to my mind to the point where she's like, I'm saying everything that comes to my mind, but it's all hateful shit towards you. And it's beautiful. Like... It's, she blames a lot of singers. And I'm like, well, it's against her friends. <laughs> I like it. So, um, yeah. And unfortunately, yes, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ross, he's at the bottom because it's Ross. And what are you it's supposed Ross. to say about Ross? And we all need He Ross. knows. We all he knows. want Ross. We'd be sad if <laughs> Ross wasn't around. We need him. You know, it's there's nothing nothing wrong with well, there it's just Ross is Ross and you gotta take Well, him. like I said earlier, everyone has a Ross friend where it's like their whole thing is just like there are they already have it together immediately after high school. Yeah. And their whole thing is just being like, Are you okay? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> It, that is very true. It's it's like he, he's necessary. You understand why he's around, and you don't you don't fault him for that. But it's just what are you supposed to do? It's Ross. Right. Um, that's we also all have the friend who uh, talks about doing the same thing over and over and over again for years, but never actually does it. Yeah. <laughs> the dithering. Oh God, the dithering. <laughs> Precisely. So. Um, 
Any day now, you never know. Well, this has been our three and a half hour podcast about friends, but we gotta do it because which we didn't follow the plot that we were supposed to at all. Which I wrote my notes fucking out for, but it's okay. Didn't realize the Christmas party was going to take four hours yesterday, so <laughs> I didn't watch till today. And that was a mistake, and <laughs> I I did my best. <laughs> um, but all that being said, friends is really a gift uh, <laughs> given to all of us. <laughs> Does anyone have any final friends thoughts before we? No, end? I think we honestly did a good job. Uh... Yeah, I think we did we good. Covered just... all... <laughs> we, did <laughs> we covered we covered all of our friends' faces, and uh, I enjoyed these, and I'm excited to uh, to do another big one. We'll probably do Simpsons next. Who knows what we'll do next? Maybe well, we'll it sounds like Seinfeld. Seinfeld. We need to come up with. Some... I have a lot of uh, questions about Seinfeld that I would like to. Joe is like, "Fuck y'all! I'm not doing Seinfeld." <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> I would absolutely do Seinfeld. I was a, st- a straw stir in the drink on that one, being like, Jerry's only half funny. <laughs> only half funny. I, oh, we have so many things we need to discuss about Seinfeld. We have so many things. I think me me and you, Paul, we always talk about Seinfeld, and we're always on like opposite sides like as we go. I know. That's what's true about <laughs> Seinfeld is that there's so many different opinions about what you see. Nobody sees the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. always, because uh, I, I am always like randomly watching Seinfeld because it's like it's just like a, I think for everyone it's just a show you kind of like have on. So I always like randomly text Paul about like something I'm watching on Seinfeld, and he'll always fucking have the opposite like view that I do. So it's always like I'm mad about this, and he's like, "Really? Because of this?" And I'm like, "Fuck you." <laughs> So yeah, that would true. probably be a fun one to have, but yeah, we'd we'd have to go in with like a very like strict like like the friends where it's like these are the episodes we're going for. Perhaps, yeah, we'll think of some way to do it. It's, I mean, this is a big that's a big one. I think that's on par with The Simpsons. Like I said, it's it's my favorite show of all time. Um, so we would need to we'll figure we'll figure it. What are we talking about? We'll figure it out. Uh, but for now, we never, we're never we're never gonna figure that fucking out. We're never gonna figure <laughs> this it. This is the end of Friends. This is the end <laughs> of Friends. Everything about Friends has been said by us. Uh, <laughs> stop talking about Friends. Uh, it was, if I can say, it was very like jarring to like try to like go through these episodes because like at first, like you had told me, like, well, you didn't tell me. We we had decided. But that we were like watching these certain episodes. But like when when I today like tried to just like go through those episodes, it was almost too jarring to see how much they changed. Because it was like, okay, Rachel is like this, and then suddenly Rachel is the like the mother of of Ross's child. Like this doesn't work. So like it, it's very funny how quickly it was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, that shit escalates fast. <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool because it does take a second to be like okay this must have happened this must have happened we're here. yeah 
Okay. Because yeah, you have to know the whole series to be like, okay, I'm on top of it. Yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah, you switch. It doesn't feel like that much can happen. Because that's how I was feeling. I was like, okay, if if we're just doing like one every couple of like seasons, like that's right. not too much. But like, I think by like season four, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay, so they're not together anymore. These people are this thing. I was like trying to like, like, put myself through it. I was yeah. trying to figure out what was going on. And then by the time, like, when we were, like, trying to figure out Rachel's shit, where it was like, okay, right now Rachel's pregnant. And then, like, by the next time Rachel's already had the baby, mm-hmm. it was, like, too much. Yeah. I it agree. was fucking too much, Paul. Never do that to me again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, this was a terrible idea. And uh, I don't know what I was thinking. And, you know, that's all I have to say. So... <laughs> For all of us, I would like to say I'm sorry, and uh, good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night.